What's up, Giant fans? It's Locked On Giants Live, another episode with Trina, Tana, and the dog. We're talking New York Giants, where they are at the halfway mark. That's coming your way next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, New York Giant fans? Welcome to Locked On Giants Live with Trina Tana and the dog. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I got it, guys. I got it. I got a new. I got a new catchphrase. And you know, my husband reminded me actually. He says, you know, when we had our dog Molly. I had a rescue dog for like fourteen years. Sometimes I would refer to her as the dog. <laughs> so, I, I knew I, I was recycling that somewhere. So came in handy. But anyway, yeah. welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants Live. I'm Patricia Tinner, your host. I'm joined by the entertainer and Bad Dog. We got a lot to talk about. We're on a bye week. I know Bad Dog's going a little stir crazy because he's got to wait another week for Giants football. Yeah, I got to wait another week. Hey, listen, uh, if Senior Guzzo's in here, I shaved. You see this? <laughs> you <laughs> yes, lost? you did. Oh, we lost. So shaved yesterday. That's like, all right, we got to change it up. Change it up now. Yes, yes, you did. And uh, Tana, I'm sure you're going crazy as well. Yeah, it's like, let's start it up, right? I mean, six and two. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited, though. You know, to get back to football, but it's nice to have a bye week. It, it allows the Giants to get rested. I think they needed it with all the injuries that we've had. Um, and I'm excited to see what they, you know, they look like coming out, going up against Houston. And I'm sure we got a lot to talk about because Joe Shane. One thing I'll say about Joe Shane since he's taken this job, he doesn't beat around the bush. He's been pretty forthcoming with, mm-hmm. you know, at least giving you pretty strong hints as a fan what his intentions are with a lot of the players on this team uh, for next year. I love this guy. A little different than the previous GM. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And he's not condescending. You know, he gives you little tips. Like you said, you can read between the lines and you can kind of take it and run with it. Um, I absolutely love this guy. I love what he's doing. You know, people were kind of complaining. Some people were saying, oh, we didn't make a trade. You know what? They're not one player away. They've got a bunch of assets. You know, the team didn't deteriorate overnight. They're not going to get fixed overnight with one play. So I'm fine with what he did. I'm fine with not trading for, for a receiver. I thought, you know, could the numbers have worked? Yes. But to give up the assets that these other teams were supposedly looking for, there was no way he was going to give up a, a day one or day two pick. Maybe a day, you know, like a fourth rounder or, or mm-hmm. lower. But anything higher, nah, it just wasn't going to happen. And uh, I tip my hat to the guy because, you know, it's hard to be patient. And, you know, and and Dave Gettleman, you know, if there was a hole on the team, he went out and, you know, price be damned. He would go out and he would grab whatever he could, whether it was a good fit or not. So I think um, I think Shane's got the right idea here. So uh, I like what he did. And, you know, we can talk about, you know, some other stuff that that he said on Tuesday. I mean, anything in particular stand out to you guys that you want to you want to lead off with? Well, with I mean, I know, like you said, uh, Pat, some some Giants fans were upset that he didn't make a move, um, and I get that. I mean, listen, we're six and two. We we haven't been a good team in a long time, and there's still some glaring holes in this team. I don't think anybody could actually look at this if they're being uh, real about it and say this is a complete team. We we need help at inside linebacker, interior offensive line, cornerback, wide receivers is obviously a glaring 
omission on this team. But uh, at the same time, like I said, we're not one player away. And Dave Gettleman did jump the gun. And Dave Gettleman did reach and go out and grab everything. And it didn't work. It didn't work for four years. So the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Joe Shane is doing something completely different. We've seen completely different results, which is what we want because we don't want the same results that we had under the Gettleman regime. It hasn't worked. As far as what Shane said about Barkley, um, listen, I, I think Saquon Barkley has been amazing. Um, definitely a huge factor. What we do on offense, big part of it, probably 50% of it, everything seems to run around Barkley. That is what we are as a team, as a run-first team with tough defense. It's the way we run all of our Super Bowls, if you're looking at it. Maybe outside of 2011, we were near the bottom of the league in rushing, and Eli should have won MVP that year. But in 86, we were a run first team. In 90, we were a run first team. In 2007, mm -hmm. we were a run first team with tough defense. That's just giant football. So I have no problem with that. The only thing that was interesting to me, and I didn't get a chance to make a video on it, and I may do this tomorrow, even though it's kind of delayed. Um, he didn't mention anything about, at least that I saw, he didn't mention anything about Daniel Jones. Oh, he did. Oh, oh yeah, did. he did. Okay, oh, I missed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I just saw, I just saw he was still evaluating. I didn't. Yeah, no, he, he right. went a little bit more. He had he had a yeah. couple of interviews. He went okay. More See, I, I missed that. I missed. Yeah, that. and 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 here's the thing. You know, if you're Shane, you don't want to sit there and drool over the guy in public because now you're giving the agent ammunition, market, yeah. right? Yeah. So you know, but but here's the thing. You know, and I and I wrote about this over Giants Country for those of you who asked for it. There's is an article I did over there. I did contracts. I promised you I would do contracts, and I I, I picked out five guys and did the contracts and evaluated whether they were fair contracts or whatnot. But anyway, with Jones, remember he's only eight games into this new system. Yeah. All right. You, look at what Denver did with Russell Wilson. They, they acquired the guy and they went off a past history. They didn't even know if he would be a fit. They gave him a ton of money. And, and where are they now? So I can understand why Shane would, might be, you know, say, Hey, let's get through one year and then maybe go with a three-year contract for Daniel with an out after two. And just, you know, if he really continues to light it up in year two, when hopefully he has new receivers, hopefully a better offensive line, hopefully a little bit more comfort in, in this offense, he could always rip up the old deal and, and, and you know, make it longer. So, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, Daniel's got to have a five-year deal. No, no. You play it conservatively for the money. And then you could always rip it up and do it over again if you need to. So that's kind of where they're at, I think, with Daniel. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I was just going to say real oh, quick. Ahead, yeah, it's, it's much easier to give him a short-term contract. And like you said, Pat, give him an extension as, a, as opposed to giving him a massive contract and mm -hmm. then rescinding it. You can't do that. Right. You're not gonna be able to, unless you restructure. And that becomes a real pain. So. Right. It's definitely better to do it that way. Sorry, Chris. I didn't mean to no, that's no, all right. Um, yeah, just circling back to what you said uh, earlier um, about not making a trade for a wide receiver. Do I understand why the fan base is a little upset? Sure, we're six and two. We have an opportunity to compete for the first time. But at the end of the day, I think Joe Shane made the right decision. I do because at the be honest with yourself, and I understand. <laughs> and I understand the Giants in the past have gone on Super Bowl runs when they weren't expected to. But let's be real. What did Eli Manning do the first time he got to the playoffs? He got shellacked. We could barely get the ball above the 50-yard line. Um, his second year, he got knocked out in the first round. It took him some time. So to expect Daniel Jones, who's never played a, a, a 
postseason game in his entire career, not just him, this entire football team for the most part, has no postseason experience, to expect them to be able to go out there and compete and win a Super Bowl, if you're being realistic with yourself, if we had a Jerry Judy, you're being a little bit short-sighted. That's just the truth. That's just the fact Mm -hmm. of the matter. And maybe they would have went on a miracle run. I'll never know. But I think Shane made the right decision, not overspending. I, I think the Bears made a big mistake. I don't yeah. think the Chicago Bears should have given up the, a top 40 pick for Chase Claypool. I don't, I don't, the I don't understand doing. what they were doing. I think they're out of their mind. You get rid of I don't Quinn, know what they you were get doing. Rid of Smith, and then you give up a second yeah. for Claypool? With, yeah. yeah. And then you hear a lot of Giants fans saying that, oh, because Joe Shane didn't make this move, it means he's out on Daniel Jones. No. It means no. that Joe Shane wasn't going to get, you know, taken advantage of. He's being smart. He's, he's you know, he has the correct value on these players, and he wasn't willing to overcommit and just completely, not completely, but damage the future to help the present. Um, we're not in a point to do that right now. We're not in a point. We have a lot of holes, like Bad Dog said, and I think he's going to remain with this plan. But the other thing, yeah, he was pretty forthcoming. And I, there were so many interviews, Bad Dog, that it was easy to miss. He was on with he was on WFM with Tiki mm-hmm. and Tyranny. That was the one that really stood out to me when he talked about Daniel Jones. He I'll was on with Peter Schrager. Back. He mentioned mm-hmm. Daniel Jones by name in that interview as a guy he wants to build with going forward, along with Saquon Barker, along with Julian Love, along with Xavier McKinney and Andrew Thomas and Dexter Lawrence. So he was very forthcoming um, with what he wants to do. And it left me thinking, and I still think it'll be a short-term deal, like like uh, Patricia was saying, with Jones, a three-year deal with the ability to get out after one or two if he doesn't progress once he gets him his weapons. But I don't think they're ripping this thing down. Like a lot of Giants fans seem to think after they didn't go out there and get a wide receiver. No, he's going to continue to bring in his guys via the draft, he's going to, you know, he's going to let guys come here, you know, go some guys, but I think he's going to keep a lot of this core intact, um, at least for the the near future and continue to build around it and improve some of the other holes on this team. And I think that's the right, right approach right now. Cause like Joe Shane said, in several of those interviews, he does have a lot of good young talent from the prior regime with him right now. Wouldn't that yeah. speak to the fact that you think that he wants to keep Daniel Jones, the fact that he wants to keep his draft picks and he wants to build around the core, the nucleus of this team instead of getting rid of, a, like you said, as you know, a top, maybe top 50 pick for the New York Giants um, or, you know, top 60, whatever it is, depending on where they finish. Uh, wouldn't you think that that speaks volumes to, hey, I want to get more draft capital. I want to build my team around pieces like Jones, Barkley. To me, if he's if he's making a move for Judy, it's like we got to force the issue now. I'm not worried that, about that was year. the way that I took it. Right. That's right. why I, I took it too. And a lot of Giants fans took the opposite approach. But the way I took it, you could just as easily argue that he's like, I know what I have in Jones. I don't need to force feed a wide receiver and give up a second and a fifth round pick to get a better look at him. I've seen what he's been able to do with the limited resources that he has on this year's team. He's been able to come up with big fourth quarter right. drives. He's a guy that I do think we could build and, and he can improve once we get him the necessary pieces. But I'm not willing to give away high-end draft capital to bring one of these guys in. I'll wait until the offseason when I have more cap space, when I could use a high draft pick on a wide receiver. Yeah, and yeah. it's a very deep wide receiver class this year. Mm-hmm. It's a very deep wide receiver class. A lot of good wide receivers out there. So I I didn't have an issue with it. Man, we're 6-2 and two with what we have. Well, I've been saying, hopefully Kenny Galladay gets healthy, and there's your trade. There's your addition. Going that was the forward. other thing, Bad Dog. Great point. Everybody uh, was saying, and I got it. I get it. And I wouldn't have been against it. Like, if they traded a six-round pick for Denzel Mims, I would have been, okay, six-round pick for Denzel Mims, fifth, six-round pick for Terrace Marshall. But at the end of the day, think of it from Joe Shane's perspective. If it's just about this year and improving this year's roster, as bad as Kenny Galladay's been, 
if we're being honest with ourselves, Kenny Galladay at least knows the scheme. He knows the system. He's been in the system all year. He has some chemistry with Daniel Jones. He's played with Daniel Jones before, not at a high level. You're asking a guy like Denzel Mims, who hasn't produced anything in the NFL at <laughs> this point in his career, to come in in a very complex offensive system. You think he's just going to snap his fingers and he's going to be great over the last 10 weeks? So you could just as easily argue Kenny Galladay is going to have a higher impact on this year's team over a guy like a Denzel Mims. Mm -hmm. Yeah, abs absolutely. And, you know, he here's the other thing. I know this is a long shot. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but Kenny Galladay, after the Kadarius-Tony trade, Galladay seemed to have a fire lit under his butt. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to come back and he's going to be a changed man or anything like that because I still have my doubts. But you got to take into consideration that, okay, you know, the Giants aren't going to cut him because of the salary cap. See what you got in him. And then, you know, maybe like like Chris said, he builds up his value to where now you can get something for him next year, you know, as opposed to just cutting him and having to swallow the entire cap hit. Right. So, you know, you can't rule that out. If Galladay is motivated, if he really has that fire lit under his butt, maybe, just maybe, he can be the receiver that the Giants didn't trade for. I know it's a long shot. Don't anybody come at me. I know it's a long shot, but it's a possibility. It's not something that you can totally dismiss and say that it'll never happen. Not in this case. So they did pick up. Now, here's the interesting thing, guys. They did pick up uh, a, another receiver. It was uh, Hodgkins. Yeah. Now, they have seven receivers on the roster, if I'm not mistaken. Just a gut feeling here, but uh, I have a feeling somebody's going to get cut from that group. Anybody want to guess who? Marcus Johnson. Yeah, I would guess mm -hmm. him. I would guess. I don't him. think it's going to be him. You think it's going to be Richie James? I think he could be in trouble. Yeah, we. I don't know fun. that for a fact. I'm just guessing. He also got hurt. He well, that sure. that's that's the caveat. If he passes the the concussion protocol, I could see him being cut. If he's still here on this roster by Monday, that means he's still in the protocol. Um, you can't have what you know. Look, Richie James. I like the guy. I, I was rooting for him, you know, for his comeback story. But three fumbles on punt return. You cannot yeah. have that. And his fumbles cost them. The two that he had against what, Seattle yeah. cost them. When you, and, and nobody's going to tell me otherwise. When you have a team like we do and you have an offensive philosophy like the New York Giants do, you can't afford mistakes like that. No. no. Yeah, they're not good enough those. to overcome those mistakes. So, yeah. And and this guy, that, Hodgkins, remember, Shane scouted this guy. So he yeah. – he came from Buffalo. He knows what this I guy liked is him. all about. I remember, He's a pretty good size receiver, too. He's a big guy. Yes. I remember big... we used to do the mock draft streams, Bad Dog, and I had him going to the Giant. You probably did, too, in a lot of those mock drafts in, like, yeah. the fifth, sixth round, and he's a tall guy. I liked him coming out as, like, a fifth or sixth round target. So, hey, it's a flyer. And that yeah. that's kind of like a Denzel Mims move to me. It's a flyer, yeah. but he didn't have to give up and any draft capital to bring him lot. in. Right. Doesn't We've been taking a lot of flyers this year, right? <laughs> and that's fine. One. And that's fine, dog, because they're evaluating. This is, you right. know, Shane didn't come right out and say it, but they are evaluating everything. Think about yeah. it. He came in mid-January. Dable came in at the end of January. The coaching staff wasn't complete, I think, until, I want to say, the beginning of March. So that's three months, if you think about it, that they had to kind of evaluate on the fly. Mm -hmm. So now they get to see these guys in the system. Forget about, you know, necessarily old systems and whatnot. See what you got and say, okay, at this point, I'm sure they know we got to get receivers. We got to get cornerbacks. We got to get inside linebackers. 
they know what they're going to need. I think Shane has a good idea with that. And the scouts are, are, you know, Shane mentioned in his presser, the scouts give them a top 10 report every week. I, th I think it's by position, if I'm not mistaken. And Shane is putting his eyes on as many of these guys as he can in person, which is important. I don't know for a fact that the Giants' previous regime was able to do that. Dave, I know, had some health issues. I don't know how much he was able to travel. But I'll tell you what, Shane is energetic. And every weekend, it's like he's he's at a different game, sometimes two, two games. Yeah, sometimes two or three, you know, yeah. depending on the schedule. So that is so important to put your eyes on the guy and not necessarily rely solely on the tape. I mean, the tape will tell you a lot, but you can see other things that the tape can't tell you when you watch a guy in person. Mm -hmm. Yep. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see who who he's looking at. Um, I know he's been going to a lot of games. I know there's some people that say, oh, they're out there scouting quarterbacks, and that means Daniel Jones is going to be going. Man, there's that's their job. I mean, they're supposed to be scouting everybody. So yes. I don't, I don't consider anything he's scouting. I don't, I don't consider, oh, he went to, you know, he went to the Alabama Tennessee game and looking at Bryce Young and uh, Hendon Hooker and whatever I, or he went to, he's looking at CJ Stroud at Ohio State. Of course he is. I mean, he's that's their job. Moment. They're supposed to look at every player and every, mm -hmm. not every player, that'd be impossible, but you know, every position, they're supposed to look at players that are really talented at every position. And, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. I mean, who would have thought we were taking Wandale Robinson in the second round, you know? Right. Exactly. So you just, you, you don't know. And like I said, it, it's amazing to me. Chris and I have, have worked together for this is our fifth year and the Giants have been terrible. And every time this year, our season has been done. We've been two and six, one and seven, yeah. three and five, where we were at our best. And we were talking about the draft all the time because we're like the season's over. This season we're six and two. I mean, we're in the NFC East, so we're in third place, but we're still in the playoff spot. Two very yeah. winnable games come out of the bye, and we still find ourselves talking about next year. So I think that that should tell you as a Giants fan all you need to know about the roster. The mm -hmm. fact that people are like, why don't we go after Jerry Judy? We could have won a Super Bowl and blah, blah, blah. But if we're still talking about next season as Giants fans, it tells you that there's a lot of work to do on this team. You never know. Get in the playoffs. Yeah. Buy a ticket. Who who's not buying a ticket to the Powerball? Right? Is that right. going to win it? Probably not. But you can't win it if you don't buy a ticket. You get in the playoffs, you never know. But at the yeah. same time, this was unexpected. And I'm pretty sure Joe Shane came right out and said this is this team is overachieved. So yep. everything's an evaluation process, and we have to trust his vision. You know, it's all and I he's been totally honest. You know, he hasn't tried to to pull the wool over anybody's eyes to make make things sound better than they were. You know, it's not like, oh, you know, the offensive line is fixed. Right. People, people are not stupid. And this is what I like about Shane. He respects people's intelligence. You know, we don't do this, you know, I, well, I, I do it for a living, but not to the extent that they do it, you know, mm -hmm. where I'm watching film 24-7. You know, you guys have jobs too, but you know, you you're, you're intelligent, you're informed. And and Shane respects that. He doesn't sit there and say, okay, you know what? We're the greatest thing since sliced bread and we're going all the way to the Super Bowl. He's realistic. Mm -hmm. And he respects the intelligence of the giant fans. And I and I think that's just refreshing. No, I love I love Joe Shane. And I love, yeah, I think the most important thing for a GM, or one of the most important things for a GM, especially in New York, is one that's not going to cave to the fan base. Yes. And he is displayed. He's he's going to stick to what he thinks is best for this team. 
He has not given into the pressure, right? There was a lot of pressure at the trade deadline to go out there and get Brandon Cooks, go out there and get Jerry Judy. We want the playoffs. We need to give Daniel Jones some help. And he said to himself, no, I'm not going to alter my plan. I'm not going to alter my long-term vision of this football team for an extra lottery ticket in the playoffs. We have way too many holes on this team for me to justify giving up the draft capital it's going to cost to bring in one of those guys and affect the future by doing so. So I applaud him for that. I applaud him for not caving to the fan base. And the other thing, the other thing, and hence why my voice is so kind of off tonight, because I was on the phone for for over an hour today explaining salary cap and the the little intricacies to a colleague of mine, but the salary cap sucks. Mm -hmm. I mean, they have 2.8 million in space. Shane has, Shane said on Tuesday, we might have to do another contract. And I'm sitting there looking at at the roster again and and over the cap. And I'm saying, where are they going to get the money? The only logical place is Galladay's. All right. And if you want to get rid of that contract, you ain't touching that thing. I mean, there's a reason why he hasn't touched it so far. It's pretty obvious he wants to get rid of it. So that's why, you know, I mentioned Kenny Galladay and I'm like, keep an eye and see what he does. Because if he comes back motivated to where maybe they can move him via trade, now maybe they don't have to swallow, you know, that that amount. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think what will happen, and this is just my guess, if regardless of if, if Kenny's cut or traded, I could see them maybe making him a post-June 1st transaction. Use that money to sign the draft class. Because right now they're projected to have 11 picks. Yeah. All right. So kind of like what they did with James Bradbury, they made you know, they cut him, I think, after June 1st, used that money to sign the picks. That's but and, and in the meantime, the Giants are going to be in solid shape, I think, with the cap. They'll probably make a few more moves that, you know, I'm right. not anticipating. I haven't really gone that deep into what they might do beyond Galladay. But, um, yeah, he's got a plan. He's got a long term vision. And. You know, if you can get something for Galladay, even if it's a sixth rounder or a seventh rounder, oh, if you get anything from him, you do it. Get yeah. anything for him. I don't think they will because of the you know the contract and the guaranteed you know the roster bonus that he has. But you know, it, Galladay can help himself a lot if he comes out of this bye, and he's supposed to practice um, next week when they come back from the bye. I don't know if he'll be ready to play, but he's supposed to practice. Come back, show you're motivated. You know, I had Sean King on yesterday, the former Tampa Bay quarterback. I don't know if you guys remember him. And he said, you know, a couple of videos he watched from training camp. He says, my gosh, Kenny Galladay looked about as motivated as, you know, as a, you know, a lazy, he he didn't say lazy, but he he said he didn't look motivated. Right. And and, and if if this is a professional, you know, a guy who played the position at at the NFL saying that. So, I mean, if he saw it, you don't think the coaches have seen it? You don't think Shane has well, seen absolutely. it? Absolutely. So, so. And, and that's probably what prompted Dable to say the guys that are in the way in the field are going to get on the field. Because I believe he thought Kadarius Tony and Kenny Galli were not giving it all like the other guys, like the David Sills, like the Colin Johnsons, like the Richie Jameses, and those are the ones that ended up on the field. You know what this team reminds me of? And I, I mentioned this in the last video I did. This team reminds me of the 2016 team a lot. We were bad. <laughs> For three years previous to 2016. Now the difference is, uh, Reese went out and spent 200 million dollars on the defense. Oh but the God. team won a lot of close games that were like a touchdown or less against a very weak schedule. We got beat up by the better teams. We were 11 and five. Made the playoffs. Got wiped out by Green Bay, and then it collapsed because they had mortgaged the future with mm-hmm. all those contracts. 
So this year it's very similar. We're six and two with a team that has a solid defense, doesn't have a very high scoring offense, has played a weaker schedule, and we're winning a lot of close games. However, you're doing that, but you still have the future to build on, whereas they had mortgage it in 2016, and that's when everything fell apart. And that's what got us in the predicament that we're just coming mm-hmm. out of now, which is why when Shane doesn't make these moves and doesn't reach and doesn't, you know, he's not hasty about things and he's thinking things through. That's where I'm like, I can live with what he did. I can live with him not giving up a second-round pick yep. for Jerry Judy because I don't want to fall back into the same trap that we did. 2016, right. like, here we go. Then they draft David Engram in 2017. We're going to the Super Bowl. Right. And they went um, right and it, downhill. And it didn't work in 2000. You know, it worked temporarily in 2016. It didn't work last year when Dave Gettleman tried to build with free agency. Right. It doesn't work. The Philadelphia "quote unquote" dream team should have been your first clue that it you doesn't build work. through the draft. You Thank build you. through exactly. the draft. Thank you. And yep. when you build through the draft and you retain your own players, you get more draft picks from it. You get comp picks when you don't yep. go outside of the yes. organization and start bringing in Kenny Galladay and start bringing in the Dory Jackson. Then you offset contracts that you lose off your team. If you use your cap space to retain Daniel Jones, to retain Saquon Barkley, to extend Andrew Thomas, to extend Dexter Lawrence, you're not going to offset any comp picks. So if you lose a Julian love and you're set to get a fourth round pick you'll now get that that's what the best teams do that's what the patriots have done for years that's what the steelers have done for years that's how you build sustain the ravens too ravens do the same thing this is not the nba this is not the nba as much as fans want it to be one player is not going to put you over the top when you have as many holes as the new york giants do exactly all right i want to answer this question because a lot of people have been asking about uh, odell beckham and, you know, Shane saying that that he reached out to the management. Look, guys, I would not expect, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I would expect Shane to reach out to everybody who he thinks might be able to help him. He's doing due diligence. Beckham's not coming here this year. They don't have the money for him. And Beckham is not healthy. I think I saw a report that he won't be ready until December at the earliest. And at that point, it's like, okay, you, you're, you're talking about a rental. So he is not coming here this year. Now, next year, is it a possibility? I'm not so sure it will be. And I'll tell you why. He's going to be on the wrong side of 30. He's going to want a significant chunk of change. All right. He's coming off two ACLs. I would rather they take that money and invest in a younger guy, maybe coming out of the draft, who's a little healthier who's got more upside and who can be with you for a number of years. Nothing against Odell. I love Odell. All right. If he, if he was willing to come here on a, on a cheap deal, I'd say, okay, sure. Why not? I don't get that impression. So, you know, look, Shane's checking into him and and if if they can, if if they can work something out, great, but it has to be cost friendly to the giants. We have no choice, but for it to be cost friendly, we have no money. Yeah, You can't spend money on him. We're not in the position the Rams were. To add right, him. you know, we were in the position the Rams were bring him on in, you know, we sure. let, let him win a Super Bowl with the Giants, but we're not. And like you said, Patricia, he's coming off two ACLs, he's he's on the plus side of 30, which is extremely young to me. But as far I as mean, the wide receiver goes, not so much. And yeah, he's not coming here on a veteran minimum. He says on Twitter all the time, Give me the bag, give me the bag. So he's gonna want seven, eight, ten million a year. We don't have, and he's not going to get that here. I'd, I'd be stunned if he gets it here. And I'd rather, and honest, I love Odell too. And I, I've said since the day they traded him, I truly believe he'll retire a giant. I, I feel like he's going to be back here before he retires at some point. I could be wrong, but I feel like he will, even if it's for one year. 
But I'd rather take that money and give it to Saquon Barkley or give it to Andrew Thomas or give it to, mm-hmm. like you said, give it to a younger player that's in our core and, and retain our draft picks. That's that's the way I, I'd rather do that. Um, right. And then when we're ready to win a Super Bowl, which is hopefully in a year or two, and when we you know build through the draft to get better picks and get some cap flexibility, then say, all right, buddy, come on in for the ride. Well, that's when you make that move. That's when you make that cherry on top move. That's when you go out and trade for a Brandon Cooks. That's when you go out and trade for a Jerry Judy. When you have a much more complete, like what the 49ers did when they went out and got McCaffrey. They have a much more complete football team than we do. Mm -hmm. Even though the record doesn't indicate it, they do. And they said to themselves, that's a guy that could put us over the top to win a Super Bowl. The the Eagles and A.J. Brown giving up a first-round pick for A.J. Brown. And then they went back and got another first-round pick from the Saints. So – that's really what that's what a GM's job is. The Eagles were know that they overachieved last year. They were nine and eight. They made the playoffs kind of like we're in, although I think they were a little bit better than us last year that we are this year. But then they go out and they get that stud wide receiver to help out their quarterback with a good offensive line and a good running back. They were definitely more. And Hertz is in the second year of the same offense. Correct. Right. Exactly. So, so I mean, it made sense for the Eagles to go out and make a move like that. And, where, and, Guess who the Giants have in their front office? They have Brandon, Brandon Brown. Brown. I was talking Ooh. about that yeah. with my colleague today. I said, Brandon Brown learned under Howie Roseman, yep. the master of the salary cap. Yeah. Howie I'll tell you, that, that was one of my favorite moves they made in the offseason. That, that, that is such an underrated move yep. made by this franchise. And you don't think Brandon Brown hasn't come in here with some of those ideas that he picked up from, Harry, from Howie Roseman? Yeah. I mean, Howie's the master. Of manipulating that cap, mm-hmm. you you look at the trades he makes. I mean, my gosh, yeah, yeah, you know? they know what they're doing. That's why they, they're about to I be mean, eight not that, not that tonight. Be, not that Brandon Bean up in Buffalo didn't know what he was doing, yeah. but Howie Roseman right now. You, when you're talking the gold stand, and it pains me, believe me, folks, it pains me to give the Eagles any credit. Me too. But 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 <laughs> you know, I got to call it the way I see it. He is the master the last right now. Two years, three years, he's done an incredible. Job. He's been amazing. amazing. Yeah, and I hate saying that because I can't stand them. But yeah, he's all this pride, you know. He gave Wentz that massive contract and said, "You know what? That was a mistake. I got to get rid of him. Yeah. Yeah. I got. I'm going to draft Jalen Hurts. I'm, and, and they didn't even know what Jalen Hurts was going to be. Maybe they knew, but I know a lot of the fan base like, "Why do we draft him?" There's a lot of questions. Why the hell would they take Jalen Hurts? That doesn't make any sense. They got Carson Wentz, and he said, "You know what? I made a mistake. I'm going to get rid of Carson Wentz, and then we're going to ride with Jalen Hurts. And in case Jalen Hurts fails, we're going to go out and we're going to get extra first round picks. We could trade up. He knows what he's doing." Yes, yeah. he, he does. Knows what he's doing. I, and again, it pains me to say because I probably don't hate any team in sports more than I hate the Eagles. <laughs> but like I said, you got to call it the way it is. And they're seven and zero for a reason. And they're a really good team for a reason. And Howie Roseman is a big reason why. He absolutely is. Now, guys, we got to talk about the contracts because you know this is interesting. People are like, oh, you know, Shane mentioned that he they're going to talk about redoing contracts. They're not going to be able to do. Many, if any, this year. I mean, maybe Julian Love, they can they can kick the tires, see if maybe something can be done there, because I don't think he'll cost them a whole lot. Maybe, you know, Jamie Gillen could be somebody they can look at. But here's the thing, you know, everybody's like, okay, come next year. Daniel Jones, uh, Andrew Thomas, um, Xavier McKinney, Dexter Lawrence, Saquon Barkley. I think they're going to stagger some of these contracts. And by that, I mean, is you want to have some of these guys that are on rookie deals remain on rookie deals, because otherwise, if you do everybody at once, now that money is going to escalate in the second year and you're going to have a cap problem. 
So I think the ones that are going to get done, if I had to take a guess, obviously the ones that are about to run out. So that would be Saquon, Daniel, Julian Love. Um, Andrew, I think they might wait until the season next year to do that. I, I don't think they might right away. Maybe they might. Well, Andrew's not eligible until after this year anyway. So, you know, he's not even on the discussion board right now, but um, you've got another year with him. Dexter, I could see them maybe looking to do something because the other thing you got to look at is what's it going to cost to franchise these guys? And can you live with the franchise if you need to use it? You know, Andrew, you know, they're going to pick up the fifth year option. I mean, that's a no brainer. They're going to do that. They've got Dexter for next year. I think it's like what twelve million or something like that. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, I think it's even less. I think it's like it might even be less. So you know, do you want to get something done? Yes, it would be nice. But if they can't, they do have the the benefit of this. So what I think is going to happen, and I think, and I wrote this over on Giants Country, get Daniel done before the start of free agency if you can. That's going to be, I think, a little bit easier a contract to do than Saquon. I think Saquon's contract is going to be a little bit more complex. Worst case scenario, if Saquon isn't done by the time the new league year starts, which is with the start of free agency, you slap the franchise tag yep. on him. Now, everybody says, oh, Saquon won't play on this on the franchise tag. Well, no, we don't want him to play on the franchise tag. But if you need to use it, use it as keep a tool. other teams away from him yeah. while you continue your negotiations, because you have until, what, July 15th? That's what the Titans deal? did. That's what the Titans yes, did with exactly. Derrick Henry. So they, that's they how I him. think it's going to play out. I could be wrong. But that's how I would play that, it out. People forget that's what the franchise tag was always designed to do. It right. wasn't designed to be utilized to, to to have the guy play on the tag. It was used so that the team could negotiate exclusively with the players so they'd have a, an advantage to be able to retain their own football players. That's what I think the Giants will do if they mm-hmm. can't work out a deal with uh, Saquon Barkley. I don't think Saquon Barkley's playing on the tag in 2023, not, but he might be tagged, and then the New York Giants will be able to talk to him exclusively and work out a fair contract. Yeah. And, and that's the way that, that, you know, right now, I mean, now, again, we're eight games in and a lot can change, but that's how I see it trending. Daniel's contract, I would think, is going to be a little easier to do. And I say that because he's not going to get a Josh Allen type of contract, which, you know, I keep saying this, folks, the way that Josh Allen contract is structured is fascinating. And I know some of you have asked me, will you do something on, on the cap, explain to the cap in more detail? I hope to do something. I don't know if it's going to be this week, but whether I write an article or do some, do a show on it, I do hope to do something on the cap. But uh, trust me, I, I studied that. I think Daniel's contract is going to kind of mirror almost what, what the Raiders did with Derek Carr. So, you yeah, know, I've said that now for two years, years yeah, whole year. you know, three-year deal, an out after two, and if, if, if in that second year. And here's the other thing. You want to make sure that Daniel is indeed – your guy. Now I know people are saying, okay, well, they've got the whole year this year to decide that. All right. Well, he's trending in the right direction. So next year, can he take it to the next level and win them, get them to the playoffs and win some playoff games? You don't want to make the Russell Wilson mistake. That's, that's what I'm getting at. So worst case scenario, you know, Daniel comes in and gets a nice little chunk of change from a signing bonus, you know, gets half of that contract or more guaranteed and then if you need to, you rip it up after this, after the second year or, or whatever, and you and you just tack on more years. It can be done, and it can be done at a cost that shouldn't break the bank for the Giants. Really, you know, if you look at how the Bills structured contracts versus how the Giants did it, what a difference. The Bills put money like 
in the in the current year. So for example, a guy would have a five hundred thousand dollar workout bonus. That counts against the current year. So was, so that helps the players and the team lower the cap liability. It's really a fascinating study. And again, I'll try and I wrote an article about it actually on Giants Country. I'll see if I can find it and, and link it in the show. But um just little nuances with the way the Bills did stuff. And then you look at how the Eagles do stuff. Because remember, I mentioned Brandon Brown coming from the Eagles, learning from Howie Roseman, who's the gold standard. These are ways I expect these contracts moving forward, these bigger contracts to be structured. And it's important to, to study that because it's going to give you some insight into maybe what the Giants will do. I, I just I just want to uh, make a point here. Chris D says, um, and I've seen a lot of Giants fans say this. I'm not single, singling out Chris D, but it's why I want to talk about it. Um, D, he says, DJ's been slapped in the face so much by this organization. I'm not sure why he'd want to stay. I'm going to tell you why he'd want to stay. And I and I do think there's going to be a market for Daniel Jones, by the way. A lot of fans yeah. seem to think there won't be. Look around the league. Look at all the quarterback needy teams. Mm-hmm. If the Giants let him get out there before free starts, someone is going to give him a pretty decent contract. So I do mm-hmm. think there'll be a market for Daniel Jones. But I'm going to tell you why Daniel Jones will, I think, if the Giants offer him a deal, come back with the New York Giants. What has been the problem with Daniel Jones – Throughout his entire career since he's been a New York Giant, there's been no stability. None. Yep. New offensive scheme after new offensive scheme after new offensive scheme after new offensive scheme. No weapons, right? Next year, he now suddenly gets to come back, if he comes back to, with the Giants, to play in the same offense for a second straight year. We're not talking about a Jason Garrett offense. We're talking about a Brian Dable, Mike Kafka-led offense, an offense that he's gotten progressively better at throughout the course of this season. He gets to come back for a second year, and he gets to come back probably with the promise from Shane that we're going to go out there and get you some wide receivers in the draft and free agency. So that's why Daniel Jones comes back. It's his best fit to come back. He's familiar with the offense. He's familiar with the Probably also tell him, you know, we're going to build that offensive line in front of you too. We have yep. all the draft picks, and we're going to have some cap flexibility. So, yeah, we're going to get you some more. And, we're going to get you a weapon. And he has ownership in this offensive system. I think, was it Dable that's – I'm trying to – no, it was Shane. I'm sorry. Shane mentioned that Daniel sits with Kafka every week, and he's taking more and more of involvement and in telling him, this is what I like to do. This is what I don't like to do. Or why don't we try this? He's getting involved in designing stuff. They are also trusting him, whether to run the ball or, or you know, change the play. You know, everybody said, uh, you know, going back to the Seattle game, why did they run the ball, uh, pass the ball six straight times? They called for some runs. Daniel didn't like what he saw and thought, okay, let's change it to pass. That's an example of the flexibility this that he's got. So you he goes to another team now. He's got to learn a new system. Got to get. I mean. It doesn't make he's sense. He's not doing I mean, it. Not, not if the Giants want to. Bring I don't him see back, it happening. He's coming back. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that speaks to why you see such a more confident quarterback under mm-hmm. center because he knows he believes in these plays because he has a voice in what's called, and they have confidence in him to execute it. So I think that that's going a long way. And again, these are intangibles that we as fans that don't work within the organization. I mean, I know you do, Patricia, but we don't. You know, guys on YouTube, Chris and I, we follow the team but we're not inside so we don't know all these intangibles that he does get to sit with Kafka and he does get to say hey I Mm -hmm. like this I don't like this and they allow him to have autonomy uh, in the huddle or or change the play at the line of scrimmage so I think because 
he feels that they have confidence in him saying, listen, you can call whatever you want out there. We believe you can do it. It's going to give him more confidence. Say, hey, I'm comfortable Absolutely. playing this way or calling this place. So I'm going to execute it better. I've said that before. It doesn't need to be football. It's anything you do in life. If you're confident in what you're doing, you're going to do it better as opposed to questioning yourself and having doubts. You're always going to fail more than you're going to succeed. That's just something that I didn't know Daniel Jones had in him the first three years. It didn't seem like he was a confident guy. He seemed gun shy. He, he seemed timid in the pocket. He didn't seem like that guy that we've seen lead the Giants, you know, on five game winning drives in the fourth quarter. So to me, his his growth between his ears is huge for me, which is why I have confidence in him now that I didn't have the previous three years because I just see a different guy. I see a different mindset. I see a different confidence. And it's good to see because he's doing this with practice squad wide receivers mm -hmm. and a mishmash offensive interior line. So under a first year, you know, in his first year in this system. So, yeah, I, I have complete confidence that he can grow under this system. And oh, this is – build a team I'm around. telling you right now, Daniel, Daniel – we have not seen the, the high end of Daniel Jones. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. Yeah, we have not seen the high end of Daniel Jones. Yet. All right, I want to answer – I want to address Chris's uh, comment down here. You know, why didn't they pick up the fifth-year option? Yeah, it, okay, Chris, I don't look at it as a slap in the face. Here's the thing. They had a new head coach. They had a system that they kind of knew what they wanted to do, but they knew they also had to tweak it to the strengths and weaknesses of the players. They weren't able to, to, to get it in place yet. Remember, the coaches couldn't work with the players until like May when the decision had to be made about the fifth-year option. So they weren't going to make that investment because Daniel, to that point, hadn't really shown anything you know, to commit to that, now you're stuck with the guy. If God forbid he he doesn't work out, it was the right decision to make. It's not a slap in the face. I don't think Daniel took it as a slap in the face. You know, it was nothing personal. But you know what? Look, Daniel went out. Maybe it motivated him a little bit more. Maybe it lit a fire under his butt. And he's going to cash in. One way or another, he is going to cash in. And listen, if, if for everybody that says, oh, the Giants were so stupid for not doing that. One, the guy was coming off a major injury. Two, it was a new yep. offensive system. They had, ne they had no experience with him. And the other thing is, it would have been, I think, $22 million fully guaranteed, money that you can't move around. If we sign him to a three-year $80 million deal, something along those lines, it's going to be about 22 23 against the cap in the first year anyway. Because right. you can move the money around. It's not like every year is going to be $28, 29000000 million or whatever the average cost is going to be for that contract. So it's not even going to cost that much money for next year's cap um, by by not giving uh, Danny Jones that fifth-year option before the year started. Yeah, they, I don't yeah. think there's a slap in the face. They, they didn't know what they had in him. They don't know that he could run the their scheme. They don't, they don't know what he's going to do in their system. They had to see it. It was like, okay, if you proved us you can do this, you're going to get more than just a fifth-year option. You're going to get three years or four years or whatever. So it probably ended up working out uh, for the betterment of Daniel Jones. And, yeah, I don't know if John Mayer actually said we came out and did everything to screw Daniel Jones, but he did say we did not put him in a good situation. Yeah. And they did. That, that was – when John Mayer had that season-ending press conference, I really think he sat back and listened – he actually listened to the fans that were displeased for five years and he said, pretty much this is an embarrassment. We got to get better. That's pretty much – not word for word, but he pretty much took a step back and go, this is embarrassing. And we have to change things. I, I'm, I'm, you know, this is shameful. And they have been shameful up to this year. So, yeah, I don't think it's a slap in the face of Daniel Jones. I just think that the, the coaching staff didn't know. Uh, he could have been terrible. I mean, he could have been what he was last year. You know, he could have got hurt again. 
And mm-hmm. like Chris said, you don't want to guarantee the guy $23 million coming off a, a neck injury. And then him, you know, you give him that fifth year and then he gets hurt this year and he misses the entire year. And then you're, you're on the hook for that $23 million. So, right. Because it's again, guaranteed. Yeah. But once so, you pick it up, it is guaranteed. Exactly. And, and we have 50 million in cap space next year, but you take 23 away from it. That's 27 million. Then you got all, you got Barkley and you got a couple other guys. Then you got to sign your draft class. There goes all your cap space. So I think they were just doing what was best for the team. That, that's the way I look at that. Absolutely. And all it right, folks. The team. It's not about an individual player. It's it's about yeah, and, and it's not a punishment. I know I see Chris is still saying you don't tell somebody it's not your fault and punish them anyway. Chris, it's not a punishment. I can't stress this enough. You're making it sound like they sent them to bed without dinner. That's not what it was about. This is a business decision. The guy was coming off of production. Uh, yeah, he he hadn't produced, you know, I, I think 90% or better of the fans and the media wanted to get rid of him last year, all right? Um, he, he he had he had the neck injury that I don't think cleared up until April. August or something, I thought it was no, even Well, no, it was before that. Oh, that's right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it was before that. So there were a lot of factors that went into that. Once you commit to that fifth-year option, it is locked in, guaranteed, and if that guy's not on the roster, guess what? That's dead money against your cap. So that's what factored in. It is not a punishment. Please don't think that. All right. Listen, guys, I got to take a, a commercial break. Got to run a couple of quick ads. So stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, Giant fans. This episode of the Lachlan Giants podcast is brought to you by Prediction Strike, the world's first sports stock market. You can now invest in professional athletes just like stocks. It's a lower-risk alternative to sports betting, and athlete prices move based on performance and supply and demand. Trading refers to the buying and selling of your shares of players. You are trading with Prediction Strike as the house, which means that you don't need a buyer or seller to execute your desired trade. You can trade whenever you want, whether it's a football player, basketball, baseball, or MMA. So download the Prediction Strike app today and use the code LOCKED for a free share when you sign up and make your first deposit of $20 or more. That's promo code LOCKED for a special one-time giveaway. Prediction Strike will choose one person who signs up with the code LOCKED and, make it, and makes a deposit to win 100 free random shares that could be worth up to $3,000 if you get lucky. Invest in what you know on Prediction Strike, the stock market for sports. Hey, Giant fans, if you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of the of life's greatest joys. These marshmallow-like puffs are covered in real milk chocolate and they melt in your mouth. Best of all, they come in different flavors and are low in sugar and carbs and high in protein. It's like eating a candy bar, folks, and it's good for you. What's also great about the Bill Puffs is that all their bars and their puffs are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and which provides a ton of health benefits. So go ahead, eat something that tastes good and is good for you. Visit built.com today and put your customized box together. Use promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off your first order. Again, that's built.com, promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off your first order. All right, everybody. I, I just went there because I'm a big <laughs> protein guy. <laughs> you say that. You know what? They're, well, they're I'm really bringing good. that up because I, I am a big protein guy. They're really good. I love the puffs. I got to tell you. 
They are my favorite. What, what, what are the puffs? Are they, what are they? What, what, like I'm, a chocolate marshmallow cover type of protein bar. You know, it tastes like a So it's like a marshmallow protein bar. Yeah, like, but it's so good, Chris. They have different flavors. Yeah, I'm looking um, at like toffee almond. Oh my right gosh, now. some of them are really I good. Like you I know, like and, and I, I have, matter of fact, I have up in my fridge. I ha- I like to put them in my fridge, and uh, I have the coconut brownie ones upstairs. They nice. they're my favorite. My husband likes the grasshopper ones, and you know sometimes oh, we grasshopper one. Yeah, oh, I'm definitely, that's why they I have, they why have I'm... cookie dough, cookie and cream. Rocky Road, uh, Tur- oh, you got to check them out. They change it up every so many weeks. That's so, why. I, that's why I put it in my phone. That way, it's in my history. And because I, uh, I would have forgotten at the end, but I'm like, oh, once you start talking about that, I'm like, all right, I got to check those out. Yeah, excellent stuff. So, all right, everybody, welcome back to Locked On Giants Live. Trina, Tana, and Dog. And you know, Chris, at the start of the uh, of the program, somebody said, "Chris, where's your cards?" Because apparently, you were going to hold up index cards. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> Next show, next show, next we'll, show, See, next show. I haven't ready yet. And, and those of you who asked why I didn't try to stand up, my voice is a little out. Like I said, I was on the phone for over an hour explaining the salary gap to somebody, so my my voice is a little out. Your, but... your dog's better tonight, though. I'd give it like a solid six and a half, seven. There you go. It's getting All right. better. Well, well getting what is dog? What does dog give? I mean, because the, it, it, it's since I'm saying yeah, it's, dog, it's, uh, it's it's a good grade. I, I'd give that a B plus, probably. Okay, all right. I can I, I can I can deal with that. <laughs> oh. I'm trying. I'm trying, guys. Uh, you know, trying to infuse a little bit of character, yeah. if you will. Um, all right, let's get back to, uh, to to talking giants now. I know some of you have put questions in the chat. If if we didn't get to your questions because we're getting a lot in, repost them. We'll try and and, and get them, you know, into the program. But guys, I want to talk about. When they come back from the bye, let's talk about what kind of changes we might expect, whether it be personnel, scheme alterations. What are you anticipating they're going to change with this team, if anything? I uh, expect to see Gall- hopefully see Galladay back in the lineup. That would be that'd be a welcome addition. I mean, look at they have the Lions in two weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Revenge game. Can he got any breakout against his old that'd team? I mean, that would be nice. You know, you never know. Um, but I, I think Chris mentioned this um, before. I think you're going to see them open it up a little bit more passing wise, especially if Galladay's healthy. And they're still going to continue to run. I, I definitely think they will. But I think you're going to see them be a little bit more aggressive uh, in the passing game. Maybe not the first two games because I think that they can get away with beating Detroit and Houston on the ground. But when you start to play your division rivals, it might it might be best for you to try that. But I, I think you're going to have to open it up against teams like Dallas and Philadelphia because they're going to score a lot of points. I mean, our defense is good, but their, their offenses are pretty solid. We didn't play Dak Prescott the first time, and he's healthy now. So – I think you. I think those are teams that probably would look to run, especially with the Eagles, because the Eagles are an aggressive defense. You could probably utilize the play action and get the ball down the field to guys like Wondell Robinson and Kenny Galladay. But I, I think that that's something we could see is, is them being a little bit more aggressive in the passing game. They're still going to run. I mean, that's still their bread and butter, and they should not get to deviate from that. But I think we're going to see a deeper passing game in the second half. Yeah, and to that point, uh, Scott Young asked, do you think – after the bye, the Giants will start throwing the ball more to Barkley out of the backfield. I actually took a look at that number. I think they're averaging five point something passing attempts to Barkley. So I'm not sure how many times you want them to throw to him. 
Um, are you maybe thinking different routes, you know, instead well, of yeah, short, he's been, short I think he's got 28 catches this year, but they've all been for the most part, they've yeah. all been the short variety. They have, yeah, maybe that's maybe that's I know they tried to get him on a wheel route, yeah, I guess, yeah, Seattle, yeah they did, but they had really good coverage on him. Yeah, they yeah. did. They also hit Breida on a pretty deep pass a couple of weeks ago. So they've used the running backs a bit in the past game. But I, I, I would like to see a little bit more. I saw somebody in the chat say, are you worried? Uh, this isn't recently. It was maybe like 20 minutes ago. But it reminded me of it because we started talking about this topic. Are you a little bit worried that um, teams now are going to have the New York Giants offense figured out? No, I'm not worried. The New York no. Giants haven't hit anything about their offense. That's what their identity has been since the start of the year. Everybody's known it. It's not like teams haven't known that they're going to try to run the football. Last right. week, it just so happened to work, and I have trust in Brian Dable, and I have trust in Mike Kafka. I think they're really smart minds. They can make adjustments, too. And now they have two weeks to prepare coming out of the bye. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there will be adjustments. Will they open it up as much as I may like? Probably not, because we don't have any weapons right now. And going into the year, I assumed Canaries Tony was going to be a part of this offense, and he's not. Um, and, and obviously, Evan Neal's a bit banged up, too, so their offensive line's not at 100%. But I do think there'll come a point in the year where, yeah, we do open it up more, but probably not quite yet because of all the injuries we have and the limitations at the wide receiver position. Speaking of opening it up, the Texans have opened up to a 7-0 lead. Go Texans. Yeah, they went right down the field and scored. I'm just as shocked as you. Go Texans. That's without Brandon Cooks, by the way. That's without Brandon Cooks. Coach's decision. Interesting. All right. Thanks for that update. Brandon Swan says, who will be starting at offensive line? And this kind of also goes along – Amazing guy says maybe start Gates and Lemieux. All right, my take, guys. I wouldn't be surprised if Gates gets a start at left guard. I mean, Joshua Zudu, he's still green. He's still mm-hmm. wet behind the ears, and I don't think you know. I, I, the impression I got was they they really didn't want to play him until like later in the year. They wanted to kind of develop him more, but because of injuries, they've had to throw him out there. Mm-hmm. Gates, they've been bringing that guy along at, at a rapid pace. I could see Gates taking over at left guard. Um, Tyree Phillips at right tackle wasn't that bad, I thought. Um, you know, he, 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 yeah, I know. Mix, I said not that bad. I didn't say he was yeah. great. Wasn't that, as that bad. Um, I don't, Shane Lemieux, uh, I think uh, Amazing Guy asked about Shane Lemieux. They haven't started the clock on him. Now, I did talk to Shane before the bye, and I said, I was kidding with him. I says, what's, what's going on with you, dude? And he goes, yeah, I'm one of, you know, I'm like, I feel so lonely because I guess the rehab group is shrinking. And he's still on it. Um, he's coming off turf toe guys. So that takes a while to heal, but I would not be surprised if the clock starts on him. If not next week, the week after, I think he's very close to, to having his window open, but here's the other thing you have to remember. Once you start the window on these guys, you got to make room for them if they are ready to go. And I don't think the Giants are going to start the clock on anybody who isn't doesn't have a legitimate chance of being ready to go. So you got to juggle the roster a little bit and decide, okay, who are we putting on IR? You know, who are we going to cut if we're going to cut anybody? So there's uh, there's some you know roster gymnastics involved. There's also cap gymnastics involved, and this is some of the th- one of the things I was explaining today to a colleague of mine. When you look at the draft picks, if they are making the minimum at their uh, at their salary, and there's a chart in the the CBA, I think it's Article tw- I think I want to say it's Article Twenty Seven, uh, Section One, I believe it is, and it shows you it, it's called the high low chart. So if you are 
um, a day three draft pick, for example, let's say Lemieux, and, and you're making seven hundred five thousand dollars. All right, and you're in in at at this point in your career, if you are on IR, that amount actually gets halved. So you get the low end of it, whatever the low end is. And I can look up the chart because, you know, I, I don't remember the exact numbers, but it also helps with salary cap management because remember, Shane doesn't have a lot of money. So sometimes these guys sit on IR and you, you kind of wait, you know, it, not because they're not ready, but you kind of wait because you've got to see how you're going to juggle what limited resources you have. It's, it, it sounds complicated, but it makes a lot of sense. And I'd have to pull up that chart. Maybe, you know, if when I do my thing on the salary cap, whether it be on the show or, or uh, on giants country, I'll, I'll try and explain it a little bit better. Cause I think you need to see what I'm talking about, but that does factor into the equation. He was kind of talking about that today. Not, ex- not your exact or not today. What, what yesterday, whenever he was, interviewed where he talked about how all the the cap limitations and why they've had to be really cautious with guys they've Mm -hmm. taken off the IR and and so on and so forth so he's very aware of it and um yeah but yeah that's funny you mentioned that because he actually talked about that uh not that exact you know detail that you just said but talked about the limitations of the cap and why they've been cautious with bringing guys off IR Mm -hmm. as far as Lemieux goes I don't know I'm not a big believer in Lemieux I I I, I'm just not I I I I hope he turns out to be really good. I I've always thought of him as more of a depth guy than a starter. I I don't want him to be the long term starter for the New York Giants. I don't think he's very good. Yeah, that that one. I think ultimately they they want Azudu to be the starter, but like I yeah. said, he's still kind of he's developing. He's, he's not got ready. some. He's not ready, and no, he's, he's had ready. to play because of the injuries. So um, you know that's why I think maybe Nick Gates gets a start at left guard. And quite honestly, guard is Gates' best position. Yep. He I did think. a phenomenal job at center, but he is definitely a really good yes. guy. I, I just love Nick Gates. Nick Gates wants to I love the he dude. was just looking he was just looking to hit somebody on Sunday. Yeah like I watched yep. Nick Gates he's running around he's just looking to pound somebody like <laughs> I love that guy man so that's just that how could you not play. love him? What's that? Seriously, he's got such a First of all, he's a sweetheart of a guy, but on the field, I'll tell you, if you're on the field and, and, and there's a fight, you want him on your side. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's amazing how his story almost mirrors to, down to the exact detail, Richie Seibert's. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Undrafted free agent, serious leg injury, you know, battle back. I mean, Nick Nick's battle was a little shorter than Richie's. I think Richie's took two years. Rich, uh, Nick came in and, and as a jumbo tight end. Uh, like Richie did, and then ultimately he worked his way and got his starting got his starting job back and went on to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. So I, I just hope that works out for Nick, Nick that way. I really do. All right, let's see. Gabe wants to know: Do you think we resign players like Hadi? That would be Jihad Ward, Darius Slayton, O'Shane, and others that are on contract years. Hadi possibly. I know Wink loves him, and Hadi loves Wink. And if he's willing to come back on a cheap deal, I could see that happening. Slayton, I don't know. Jury's still out on Slayton. See, Slayton's got tools and talent. The problem with Slayton, I think, is his confidence took a hit because he had some injuries that really weren't talked about. But you could see his confidence take, took a hit. Um, O'Shane isn't – th- I'm trying to think. Doesn't O'Shane have another year or is this his final year? I think this is his final year. This is his final year. Yeah. Um, I don't know about O'Shane. I, I my guess is, you know, they they kind of want Ellerson Smith to step up and take. I on think I there. think O'Shane's gone. 
I, I, I think so too. I, I think I like O'Shane's gone. Yeah, um, I think so too. Slayton, so, maybe. Jury, it, jury's out on Slayton. It depends what his market is. Like, if you could bring him back really cheap, sure. If Slayton goes off and has a good second half of the season because he's the featured wide receiver, you let him go and you get a comp pick for him. You hope a team signs him to a three-year, $27 million deal. And it can happen. You mm-hmm. saw it this past year with Austin Johnson, who got like $9 million a year. Right. We see what wide receivers are going for. We ended up getting, a, I think, a, a fifth-round comp pick for Austin Johnson, if I'm not mistaken. So um, something like that could happen. And if it does, if his market's, rel- you know, even mid-tier, you let him go. You get a comp pick, you replace him in the draft. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, Todd Stefano <coughs> asks, do we know when Evan Neal is back? All right, so Evan Neal missed last week. I think his injury is like a three to four week type of an affair. I think it was a sprain MCL, if I'm not mistaken. So outside chance maybe for Dallas, if not, I would say I would guess the week after, assuming there are no setbacks. Kind of hard. You know, I know that question was put to, to Shane and, and also to Dable when he spoke to us the day before. And they're not going to have an answer. You got to, you know, to, to give an answer right now is kind of hard because you want to see how these guys continue with their rehab. And the injured guys did stick around for the rehab. So, you know, let's see where they're at. Um, but if I had to guess, I would say maybe if not for Dallas, definitely the week after, I think they would they would maybe uh, have Evan Neal back. So is that Washington? Uh, is it Dallas, Washington, Philly, Washington? It, it, it's a string of NFC. something like that. Yeah, yeah. And I think absolutely. it's the Colts, Minnesota, and Philly. It's I know we have a big group of NFC East teams. I'm pretty sure we play Washington like within three, twice in three weeks. We do with Philly in between. Yeah, yeah we, have, we I think we have four straight games against the NFC East. Yeah. Two against yeah. Yeah. Dallas, Washington, Philly, Washington. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, Christy says I thought Aziz was coming back for Seattle. I I don't know that Aziz has, he's got to be on, he's got to miss at least four games. Yeah. And I'm trying to think, I don't think that was the fourth I think game. it's, I think the earliest he could come back is um, after the Detroit game. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, because uh, he was, like you said, he was put on the IR and I think it was two weeks ago. So I, I, I think it's after the Detroit game, he's even eligible. Like he can't, it's not possible to come back before that. Right. Right. Um, all right. Darius Smith says, decided on the last game against Philly. That depends. Right now, I would say Philly's the clear runaway winner, but we have to see how these next few weeks play out. I would not be surprised, by the way, if that last game of the year is going to be flexed to Sunday night. I could see that happening. I also would be surprised if the Eagles... If that happens, you're going to hear me scream from here because I hate (laughs) Sunday night games. I also wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles already have it locked up and we get a much easier opponent that week than people are anticipating yeah. if, they, if yeah. they're already the number one seed in the NFC. Right. That, that, wouldn't, the that wouldn't stop them from trying to beat us. Yeah. I, I, I don't think. I think Probably so. not. Maybe they I, I, I for half, them. maybe not the whole game. I don't know. We'll I see. don't know. We're the giants, man. We're, we're their biggest rivals. So, yeah. I, they, you know, yeah. but you All never right. know. There's a long ways to go before we get there. I know that. Yeah, we got a ways yeah. to go. But if, if it's close, I anticipate that game is going to get flexed. Oh, I, if the game means something, it's getting flexed. You know you know it's getting yeah. flexed. Yeah. Oh, that's going to stink having to, to spend. I mean, if I got it, I got it. But, you know, a lot of times for those night games in Philly, you just stay over. But 
if I could get a hotel up in, in the center part of the city, I, I'd be happy there. I don't think I'd want to stay down by the stadium there, but yeah. um, all right. I when Ben, I don't, I don't travel to that city. <laughs> I have. Right. And, 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 it's and it's me up if I went there. And it's been an adventure. I, I'm not going to lie. You know, you would think I would, I would be okay, you know, cause they're not going to, but I, I, pray when i go to that city i pull in with the jersey license plates you know and, and people right away and i'm like i have to remind them i'm like well you guys are from south jersey yeah, right? I say, yeah, south jersey. so i mean do you know what part of jersey i'm coming from you know so <laughs> all right uh danny thomas says uh when ben bredesen comes back who do outline of thomas izudu gates bredesen and neil um i guess you're asking who gets benched? Uh, Bredesen was left guard, so he would he would probably replace whoever's at left guard. I would think, if assuming that you know that person is not playing well, yeah. Um, Bredesen might even be the backup. You know, just purely be the backup center at that point or backup offensive lineman. I don't know that Bredesen's in the, in the long term future for this team anyway. I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't think he is. But no, um, he's a free agent too at the end of the year. Yeah, I think so. They bring and, everybody back. Some of these guys. I think we're going to work on that in the draft. Yeah, I, I really, I think that could be. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do because we don't know what they're doing in free agency. I, when I looked, I didn't see any massive free agent wide receivers, but I, I could see the Giants going wide receiver in the first round and then really concentrating on the offensive line. But who knows? Um, I, I think that the defense is far ahead of the offense, so. I think maybe if you're going to use free agency, you, you maybe get a cornerback there and, and you focus on the draft at the offensive side of the football. But again, we'll, we'll see what they do, you know? So, yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. Here's a fun question. Who had the best Halloween costume among the players? Playoff P playoff P you know what? In the past, we would be able to go into the locker room and see the players before they would, the rookies basically would dress up and they would, they would go to the local hospital to, to visit with the children stricken by cancer or serious illness. We didn't get that this year because of the timing. So I couldn't tell you who had the best Halloween costume, but uh, in the past, they've had some really good ones. Matter well, fact, what, what, I saw the Halloween video for, um, what was it? Uh, uh, Cave on Thibodeau. Where where he was going around scaring everybody with the oh mask. yeah I yeah I saw that one I, I I don't I would have liked to have seen what his costume would have been you know if if they went over to the to the hospital like I said I think they yeah. go over to Hackensack Medical Medical Center and they you know have a party for the the children who are you know have cancer or terminally yeah. ill or whatnot and it's really good you know it's 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 a nice event I'm sure they did it this year but because of the timing. We weren't in the locker room this week. Um, Shane had his presser on on site, but that was in the auditorium. So, and by then the players were gone. So I have no idea um, what happened. So, um, but yeah. So let's. You guys see. get a lot of trick or treaters in your area. You know what we do? We just put the candy out on the stoop with a sign saying "Happy Halloween." Help yourself, take gotcha. one or something like that. That's what my husband does, and and, and we've been doing it now for like ever since the, you know. The, we didn't get, I, I think I got two. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I take my son out, so I'm I'm not home, but I yeah, I just wasn't I wasn't sure. I mean, I bought candy in case, uh, and now it's just sitting there for Saturday. So I'm like good at my cheat day. I have a lot of candy to eat, which is <laughs> we toss it. We toss the candy after we're done. My husband doesn't get a he he does, believe it or not, my husband's been doing the grocery shopping during the season. That's how busy I get. <laughs> so he just buys a small bag and and it's like 
he's like, don't touch it. I'm like, I'm not touching it anyway, because I got to watch my sugar, you know? And, and so when it's done, he just, he used to take it to work, but he doesn't go to the office anymore. So he just takes it and he tosses it. I'm like, fine with that. I'm fine. Yep. <laughs> All right. Arjun 13 thoughts on Khalil Pimpleton, new punt returner. I wouldn't rule it out. I think he's going to get uh, a good look at practice this week. Um, you know, I, I think the Giants have to make a change there. I mean, like you said, the two fumbles by Richie James, actually he has three on the year. Um, somebody's got to take that role over, whether it be Darnay Holmes, uh, you know, Adoree Jackson can do it, but I don't think you want him doing it. I think no. Darius Slayton could do it. I don't think you want him doing it. So I'm curious to see if, if, if they bring Pimpleton up for that. I know he will probably get a look at that, a look-see um, in practice. What about Brightwell? Can he can he return? I don't know about that. See, it, it's interesting. Returning punts is a little different than it's returning different than kicks returning kicks because yeah, of yeah. because of the spin on the ball. So I don't recall seeing Brightwell ever return punts for the Giants. I could be wrong, but I don't remember seeing that. No, um, I, I don't think he's ever returned punts. I don't think he has. So Darnay Holmes. Had. Holmes can do it. Yeah. yeah. Darnay Holmes can do it. Or Dory Jackson can do it. But you don't want to put a Dory Jackson out there. No. I, I, you know, I, I'll I put just... Darnay Holmes out there. He's not very good. <laughs> so you'll sacrifice yeah, him. Yeah, you don't want to put him sacrificing him, but he, yeah. I, I know what you're saying. I know. I don't want to risk it. I don't want to risk it, Dory. Yeah. The Giants learned that in 98 in the preseason. Don't put your best corner out there because Jason Seahorn was never the same. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah, and he was my favorite player back then. I always joke around because <laughs> that's the jersey I've been wearing on Sundays. And I always joke around with the, with the chat. So, you know, this jersey is probably older than half the people in the chat because I bought it in 1997. So the jersey is 25 years old. <laughs> but he was my favorite guy. And because the Giants made the playoffs in 97 but had no offense because the quarterback was Danny Cannell. Um, they were trying to look for some more offense. He tore his ACL, and that was kind of the end of him, unfortunately, because he was really good uh, in his day. But yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't well, want to do that with one of like a, our number one corner. Jason Seahorn was actually mean to me once. Yeah, I know. I remember. I remember you telling. Yeah, I told you that yeah. story. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. we made up. It was about the up. question. You, he, he said that you'd, you'd ask more than one. It was him that said you were going to ask yeah. me more than one question. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was, you know, him saying, you know, you're going to ask more than one. I said, I have one quick question, which I did. I had one quick question. No, you're not, you're going to ask more. You're telling, wait, you're calling me a liar. You, you don't even know me. And you're telling me what I'm going to do. Really dude. And just, just the whole exchange was kind of like, yeah. he could have answered the question. And then if you asked him a second one, he could, he could have said, "Whoa, you said one. Yeah. That's what, and I wasn't, and, and seriously, the one question I had, it would have, it, it would have ended. I mean, one answer, I would have been done. I would said, thanks and walked away, but yeah. we made up at the end of the year. And, he, and, and, and when I see him now, it's, it's all good, you know, but, but back then it was just like, dude, you know, <laughs> so, uh, all right. Papa Kutso says, I think the Giants can beat Dallas, your opinions. Giants aren't very good on uh, outside of Sundays um, and primetime opportunities and uh, I don't know, man. Who, who do they have before Dallas? They have they have Detroit. Detroit. Um, I'd like to say the Giants could beat Dallas. I think of Dallas and Philly. If you if you said to me, pick one that the Giants could definitely beat. I'd say Dallas. I don't know if I'm ready to say they could beat Dallas in Dallas 
given the lack of receivers that they have. I think if they had a little bit better, you know, receiving core, I might say yes. I I can't bring myself to say yet. I'm telling you right now when I do my my why they'll win, why they won't, and prediction, I probably will pick Dallas for that game. Sorry, yeah. guys. Yeah. And Dak is back for them. So they just hung 49 on the Bears. Like it was nothing. Yeah. yeah. So that they're Dallas is a really good team. And they they beat us up front, uh, you know, on both sides of the ball. I, I don't see how we've improved on either side of the ball. Yeah. I, I think it'll be close. I don't think that they'll blow us out. But to go into Dallas on yeah. Thanksgiving on a short week, and they have Dak. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. It's, I, 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 it's going to be. And we tough. might not I don't have feel, Evan Neal either. Right. I, I, I don't. I. I, I we didn't have Evan Neal the first game. To be fair, Chris, we didn't. Yeah, we that's didn't. true. <laughs> that wasn't. So I was kind of banking on that he would be much improved the second time around. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but, but but we'll see. You different. That's why you line up and you play the game. But I'm not overly optimistic right now. I think we can keep it competitive, but I'm picking Dallas. I hope so. I I mean, I I hope you're right. I hope you're right that that we keep it competitive and and somehow upset. Give us a chance to win at the end. That's that's all we ask. That's why why the second Richie James James fumble really hurt. Because even though we had to move the ball, you just felt like this year you feel like, okay, we're going to go. And like Chris said, we were going for two. We were going to do it again. We were going to win that game. If if we scored a touchdown, yep. so um, that was the Tennessee Titans we... game all over again. It was deja yeah. vu. It was the yeah. opposite. Though. And we yeah. had the same exact opportunity we did in the Tennessee game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the loss doesn't appear nearly as bad as the final score. If yeah. he doesn't right. that punt, we're seventy yards away from potentially right. taking the lead if we go yep. for two. Yeah. So it, it it is what it is. We fell apart. We did what we've done all year. The offense got better in the second half. We chewed up the clock. We had a ten minute drive. We won the time possession for the game by six minutes, even though we trailed by five minutes at halftime. So we won by 11 minutes in the second half in terms of time of possession. We've done what we did all year. The difference yeah. was we fumbled two punts. Yeah, we we made the mistakes this time. We we beat ourselves. Where yeah. That's something that we hadn't done all yeah. year. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, Gabe wants to know the future of the, of the receivers. No one except Wandale to build off of after this year, unless you keep Galladay and Slayton around. They're going to draft. They're going to draft, yeah. and I think they're going to sign somebody in, in free agency. I mean, look, if you don't need to draft a quarterback in the first round, which it looks like they won't have to, now, you know, depending on where they end up drafting, who knows? Maybe they trade down and they get more picks and they can still get a good receiver because, you know, as Dog mentioned earlier, this is a deep class for receivers. Um, yes. But I think I think you're going to have to tackle this through the draft. And through free agency. I mean, I who oh, I can't give you names right now, but but you're right. I mean, I don't know that that uh, Sterling Shepard will be back mm-hmm. um since he's got a voidable year. Galladay, I'm not counting on being back. I, I mean, maybe you bring either. back Slayton on a on a cheap deal if he's if he's open to that. But uh we may else? make a trade too. You you could make a trade exactly, exactly. Teams do it, teams do it at the wide receiver position sure. all the time. All the time. Um, look at look at how many receivers moved this time. Yeah, whether it be in the draft or, you know, like the Eagles did for A.J. Brown or what the yep. Bills did for Stephon Diggs. And, you know, I don't know who's going to be available. Right. But so we, we, we may make a trade for a wide receiver. D.K. Metcalf. Yeah, possible. Yeah, you, might, you, you never know. So, all right, Steve Galvan, what's your opinion of Kayvon after six games? Not a finished product, but getting there. I, I like a lot of what he's done, but look, he's not a finished product. Yeah. And I think a lot of people say, oh, you know, fifth overall pick, he should be, a, you know, get his bus ready for Canton. No, no. Guy's <laughs> got to get stronger. 
Yeah. You know, you can see sometimes he gets washed out. Uh, in the, yeah, in he's the, over aggressive. They take advantage yeah. of him. He's, 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 he's over aggressive. He's got it. He, he's got stuff to learn and develop. And, and he'll get there. Yeah. The kid's got talent. He's going to be great. Wicked talented. He's, 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 he's got a lot of talent. And, you know, he's smart. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. You, you, a lot of people are surprised when I tell them that this young man's got a brain in his head. And mm-hmm. not just for football smart, but he's he's smart as a whip. And you know, I, I'm really I, impressed I like by him. He's a disruptor. Like he doesn't he, necessarily mm-hmm. get a sack, but he's he's always around the ball. It seems he's always in the back. Like he's he's close. Like you said, he's not a developed product yet. But give him a year under Wink system, and 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 next year he should be ready for Bear. That's really the yeah. way I look at it. You know, mm-hmm. again, these this is all evaluation. This is this is learning the NFL. This is learning teams' tendencies and learning not to get washed out on RPOs and play mm-hmm. action bootlegs and and not to be over aggressive. Keep your contain. You know, keep your assignment. Um, obviously, when you're a rookie, you're the fifth pick. You want to make an immediate impact. You want to be the guy that gets 15 sacks. You want to be a Micah Parsons type of player. Um, so, but you, sometimes discretion is the better part of valor and you can't always just hone in on the quarterback because they're going to use that aggressiveness against you. They know, and they watch sure. film and they've been in the league for a long time. This is when the rookie's got to make the adjustment. So I think Kayvon's future is bright. I do. Absolutely. It absolutely is. And he's going to be that much better next year. I, I have no doubt about it. If he's and, healthy, he's going to be that much better. And he's getting, the other thing is as he, as he grasps playing in the NFL more, the little things that he's not doing right now, and I'm going to point to it. This guy gets held six, seven times a game. Yes, he yes. does. Against but Jacksonville, it was every time in that last drive. Yeah. But as he becomes a veteran, he's going to learn how to sell the holds better. Yeah. The, that alone is yeah. going to make him a much more of an impact of a player. Like little things like that, he's going to get better. But the physical skill set, you see it. The explosion, yes. you see it. And the scariest thing is he has so much more room for growth. So yes, he does. And I'm I'm impressed with him in the locker room too. From everything that you see, he just seems like it, I'm very happy with Kayvon Thibodeau. I think yep. he's very good. Yep. yep. Yeah. I, I mean, I, look, I at, like look at the emotion he had when he when he you know won the when closed yeah. the game out against the Ravens. Yeah. You know, he was in tears. You know, so. Yeah, how he, often do you see that? Right. He's been nothing. Everything you heard about his personality in college is a complete opposite with the Giants. Yeah, yeah. I, th- so I think just tells you don't believe anything that these draft people tell you. <laughs> don't yeah. believe any of that. Yeah. You know, he's, Wait he, till he's in the locker room. He's a, and, and you know what? He's kind of he's funny too. You know, he's a character. He's he's you know he can have you laughing in stitches. He's got a great so, personality. Oh, he's got a wonderful personality. I think that I I think very highly of of him. You know, he's been he's been great with me. And you know, I I told him um, I said I said to him. You know, I was talking to him and I told him, you know, what my real last name is. And, and when he found out, he's like, oh, he, was, he lit up. So it was like <laughs> he was just uh, it was amazing. So, all right. Darius Smith uh, asks, which rookie will have the biggest impact for the Giants at the end of the season? I just oh, I think it's going to be Kayvon. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, again, you've got guys that are injured. So, you know, Bellinger would have said Evan had it not been for the injury. I would have said Bellinger. But you, you know, the injury, yeah, the injury popped up. Uh, Bellinger, by the way, I think will be back probably if I had to take a guess. I think best case scenario, Dallas, but I don't, I'm not so sure it'll be Dallas. I think it'll be after that. How I about really Wondell Robinson? Yeah, I, I actually Wondell kind of was quiet last Wondell Robinson. I, yeah. I do. He's been injured a little bit, but I think. 
he'll be completely healthy come up the buy and he'll have an opportunity to work more through this buy and get more acclimated to everything that's going on the field build some more chemistry with daniel jones but because the defense is so far ahead of the offense in my opinion i think cave on will make the biggest impact as far as rookies go but i do expect Juan Dale to have a big impact on the offense. And, the, and again, I think that goes to what I said earlier about the Giants opening up the pass game a little bit more. I think he's going to be a bigger part of it, especially if Galladay comes back healthy. It could open yeah. things up for Wandell Robinson. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, I mean, if the opponent knows that they can hone in on one guy, they're going to do it. They're, they're going to double them up and, you know, it's going to be like, okay, the rest of y'all, you, you try and beat us. So Got to be careful with that, obviously. An amazing guy asked, do you think the Giants trade their first for a wide receiver? Depends on where they're drafting and what their needs are going to be at the end of the year. I mean, it's possible. Right? I mean, it's possible. I could see it, but you got to see where they're going to draft. Yeah, it would, it, it would have to be for a, like, no doubt, number one, young like wide receiver. Yeah. yeah. It yeah, would have definitely. to be for that, that caliber of player. Yeah. Independent outsider wants to know of the players on IR, who do you think could actually produce next year? Darian Beavers yeah. comes to mind. Yeah. Oh, I, um, forgot, I forgot about it. I can't believe I forgot oh, about that, him. I loved that, him. That injury I, I loved think, Darian Beavers. That injury was big. Let's 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 admit it. I mean he looked great in training camp. He he's a, he's just camp. a football. That guy's a football But You know how John Madden used to say that guy's a football player. Yes. Yeah. Darian Beaver is just a football player. Yeah, he's um, he's the type of guy that's he's going to fit right in with Wink system. <laughs> no yes, doubt. no doubt. Yes, that's a good one, Darian Beavers. Yes. Yeah, that that one definitely comes to mind. Now I'm, I got to look up and see who's on IR because there's so many of them. So yeah. let me just look it up real quick. All right, Shepard will be gone. Colin Johnson maybe, and I mean I I I think Colin Johnson will have a you know a chance to contribute. Aaron Robinson is on IR. You, I, he'll be you know back? what? I could see Aaron Robinson going to the slot and him being a big contributor next year. I, that's where he should be. I was surprised no. that they didn't put him there, you know, to begin with. But I guess maybe they 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 just it, this goes back to okay, we I don't have an outside cornerback. Let's put him out there, you know, because he's got the size. I I think that's why they did it, uh, and they figured they had more slot options. And but I think Aaron Robinson's going to go back to the slot. I really do. Um, Ojulari is obviously on IR right Flott? now. How about Cordell Flott next year? Cordell Flott, he's not on IR, but he's been injured. He's been injured, yeah. Um, his with this son... coaching staff, you see what they've yeah. been able to do with players. I mean, you saw what they did with Fabian Moreau. Him having another oh. year under his belt. Flott could be productive next year, maybe. Yeah. I it, it, Possibly. I, I, I think so. I think so. All right, let's see. JC says, when it comes to player evaluation, do you folks trust former players more or scouts? I I would say probably in my case, if I have a quarterback evaluating a quarterback who's, you know, a quarterback who's played the position at the, at the NFL level, I'm going to trust what he says. Doesn't mean I'm going to distrust what a scout says, but Players have a certain way of seeing things maybe a little differently than those who haven't played the position. And this is why I think um, Jerome Henderson gets so much out of his defensive backs. He's played the position before in the NFL. And I talked to the players about that, and they all say the same thing. He sees stuff that maybe other guys who coach D-backs don't see. So there is something to be said about a former player working with a form, you know, a current player, I think. 
Yeah. Uh, same thing with Kafka. He's a former quarterback. Right. Exactly. And it's interesting, you know, uh, speaking of former quarterbacks, on yesterday's show, I had uh, Sean King on, a former NFL quarterback, like I said earlier. And I said to him, you know, we were talking about this. I, I said, why is it that Kafka has had success with Daniel Jones, but Garrett, who was a former quarterback as well, couldn't come up with the success? And, you know, I'll paraphrase the answer. The basic answer was Garrett's system, you know, he, he, he came from the old school style of offense, whereas Kafka, you know, under Andy Reid and, you know, just more modern offense. And sometimes, you know, I guess he felt that, that Garrett just never evolved with the times, that he was stuck in the one system that he knew that, that maybe was applicable and worked back in the day and didn't really adjust to, you know, the current. Uh, did, Garrett, well, did Garrett call the plays? Was that stuff through Joe Judge? Or was that all Jason? Garrett, Garrett? called the plays, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Judge Judge did not call any plays, although it's been suspected that Judge had input on special teams. Did he, oh, I guess this was my my question? Did Judge come up with the like the playbook and Garrett called the plays from the playbook, or was that all Jason Garrett? I think Garrett and the offensive staff mostly developed that playbook. Okay, but Joe Joe had input on it. Okay, yeah, that that it, it wasn't like Joe was hands off, but at the end of the day, he trusted you know, okay. his, his, his coordinators to do their job with maybe the exception of McGahee. I think he, he had his hand in that pot a little too much. What about Columbo when, when that whole thing happened? Oh, that was, that was an interesting one. I mean, uh, Columbo, Garrett liked Columbo because I think Columbo worked for Garrett when yeah, they were in Dallas, Dallas. Yeah. and Columbo had a certain way of doing things and the wrong way. Yeah. And, and judge is like, uh, uh-uh. uh, I want it done this way. And it just, you had two alpha males clash heads and it, it. wasn't. Well, I can say it. this. I, I do remember it might've been the week after I remember Georgia's coach coming out, not their yep. head coach, but they're always saying, why are they teaching him to do something completely opposite? They did at Georgia. And once Columbus got fired, Andrew Thomas got a lot better. That, that I do remember. Yes. And that's true. He was changing up some of the technique mm -hmm. and Andrew was trying he was trying to adapt to it, but it wasn't a natural fit for him. Which didn't make any sense because Joe Judge's opening presser, got, he got me when he said, don't teach me what these guys can't do. Tell me what they can do. And then you were teaching Andrew Thomas a bunch of stuff that he couldn't do. And I'm guessing that that had some, not something to do with the fight, but if, if Columbus teaching one thing and Judge was like, no, I don't want you to teach them things that they don't know. Teach them what, you know, work on what they do know, get them better. So who knows? That whole thing was a disaster. That's what Dable actually does, and that's what I like about Dable. And you go back to his days with Buffalo, that's what all of his former players said is he's not a scheme guy. He's a player guy. He's a guy that fits his, his offensive philosophy around the players that he has in place. Mm -hmm. um, and, he yeah. and he lets them have a lot, you know, a lot to do in terms of the game plan. So he's not trying to force these players to do something that they may not necessarily be best at just to fit his ideology. So that, that that's a major difference with this coaching staff. Yeah, absolutely. All right, folks, we've got to run one more commercial and then the rest of the way, we'll take your questions. We'll continue talking giants. So hang around. We'll be right back. Hey, small business owners. If you're looking for the right people to help your small business fire on all cylinders, you need to check out LinkedIn jobs, post a free job listing in minutes on LinkedIn jobs to reach the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hiring hashtag frame to your LinkedIn profile to let everybody know that you're hiring. Over 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn jobs every week. 
and are just waiting to find opportunities with employers like yours. With LinkedIn Jobs, simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize whom you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. So go ahead, post your first job for free today at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Giant fans, we'll be back with Locked On Live in just a moment. But first, thanks for making the Locked On Giants podcast your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody. Thank you for hanging in with us. You have Locked On Live with Trina Tana and the dog. <laughs> Is that better? Is that better, guys? That's like a seven and a half. You're getting there. You're getting there. You, you, you got to get your cards ready, man. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hard grader, though. I'm a hard grader. Well, listen, when I show my husband the, the, the video, it, it's like, look, Chris gave me his. <laughs> ne- ne- next week, I'll have the cards ready. I'll have the cards ready. No doubt about oh, it. Oh, you got to have your cards ready. <laughs> um, but, you know, listen, one of the things, I, I, before we go any further, I, I should have done this at the start of the program, and I, I want to do it now. Um, I want to send my best wishes to the Coughlin family. Yes. Yeah. Judy Coughlin. Judy, God bless that woman. I think heaven just got brighter. She, she, she's just, an, she was an angel on earth. I met her a few times while, you know, Thomas had the head coach and I was so sad to learn of her condition. And when she passed, you know, I, I know she's at peace now and she's whole again, but my gosh, I, I felt so bad for the Coughlin family because she was their rock and just a wonderful, wonderful woman. She, she I mean, she could meet you and she, it was like you were best friends forever. So my condolences and prayers to the Coughlin family, um, you know, uh, and and I just hope that Coach uh, finds some kind of comfort in knowing that she's not suffering anymore, and and uh, you know that his that his that her her legacy will live on. So I just wanted to, to say that uh, at this time, uh, Coach has a new book at, coming out. By the way, um, I know I'm hoping to talk to him. I don't know if I will, but uh, this is his new book. I got an advanced copy, a review copy of it, and I started reading. It's really good. It's about um, their their upset of, over the uh, Patriots in Super Bowl uh, Forty Two. I'm gonna. That was a pretty good game. Yeah, yeah. So, so really, but yeah. Good I, I obviously didn't know her like you. I didn't know her, but all the stories that are coming. Obviously, I was sad for Tom when you heard yeah. the news today. Tom Coppin's like one of my favorite people of all time. So yeah. Um, you know, I, that obviously my heart sank when I heard that his, you know, she passed away and, but everything you've heard, there's been so many people that, um, mm-hmm. you know, I follow on Twitter that have said from their experiences from meeting her, how great of a person she is. And I'm sure she was, I mean, she was married to Tom, right? So, yes. um, she kept yeah. him in line. He used what, to, what she, she kept him in line. He used to joke about that. You know, like yeah. if he yep. acted up, he'd, he'd say, don't tell my wife, don't tell Judy. <laughs> and, yep. and, and I used, I remember one time he was getting a little snippy and Judy just, she kind of gave him a look and Tom, you know, and, and, he, and, he, and he's like, he, he got very sheepish. <laughs> so she, she knew how to keep him in line. Yeah. That's what a good woman does. Listen, God yes, bless. She God does. Bless. 
God bless my wife, bear me 22 years. I don't know. She's a saint. I always say there's a special place in heaven for her. Having <laughs> to deal with me for 22 years. But uh, yeah, obviously it's sad. Anytime you lose a loved one and um, yeah. same thing, you know, I, I never met her. I, I mean, I did meet, not meet coach, but obviously I saw coach a, a bunch of times and they trained up here in Albany. Um, but yeah, you, you never heard, nobody ever said a bad thing about Judy Coughlin. So yeah. obviously uh, it's a, it's a tough loss for the giant family and um, you know, condolences yeah. go out to the whole Coughlin family. Yeah. I mean, and that's the good thing about the giants, you know, it, it does become one big family. It's like, there's no former giants. It's just inactive giants. I think was it John that said that or Wellington, one of them said, said it that way. And, once and a it's giant, so always true. A giant. Yeah. Once a giant, always a giant. And, and uh, you know, so I, I just wanted to, to say that, you know, I, I should have said it to start off with, but I wanted to get it in because I, when I, got up, I happened to see the book sitting on my desk and I said, Oh gosh, I forgot to send my condolences out. I mean, I already did to, to the, to the Coughlin family and to the Snee family, but I wanted to put it, you know, on the podcast as well. So, all right, uh, guys. So we, we, you know, no football this week for the giants. I'm curious, how are you going to be spending your weekend? Yeah. Um, I'll probably still watch football. I probably still watch football, relax and watch the Eagles game. Well, the Eagles are playing tonight. Yeah, so we're tied at seven. Yeah. Wow. Back. Yeah. yeah. The Eagles went down, scored. They're ready to score again. Jalen Hurts fumbled. Houston recovered. They punted. He goes got the ball back. Ooh. Maybe, maybe actually, you know what? I'll probably go over my brothers. This is what this is what I did last time. Um, when the Giants played uh at 9 a.m. when we played in London. So it was basically a bye week for all intents and purposes. We weren't playing at one or four o'clock. And I went over there. He he makes Sunday pasta every Sunday. So that's probably what I'll do. I'll probably go over to his house. He'll make Sunday pasta. We'll eat at three thirty, four o'clock, and we'll watch we'll watch the uh, the football games together. So that's probably what I'll do. Yeah, I'll sleep till ten. <laughs> I'll get up, I'll go to the gym, either do legs or something. I, I one workout, and then who knows? I, I may watch football. I may not. It, it's supposed to be really nice up here, so I may just go out and enjoy the day with with my son, my wife. And who knows? Just get out of the house. I know how many. Uh, many more nice days up here until the spring. So if it's going to be 76 degrees mm. on in early November, I, I think that uh, Take I, advantage think I of want it. to spend that out in about, you know, get out of the house a little bit, but you know, come back for the night game or whatever. I think, well, I'm supposed oh, to. I, what am I talking about? I, the Laker game, the Lakers play at three 30 on Sunday. Okay. So I have to do that. That's I got to work on Sunday. And I just thought about that. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm supposed to have my booster shot and a flu shot tomorrow. So assuming that doesn't knock the, the you know what out of me, yeah. Um, I told my husband, I said, you know, I said Saturday if we both feel okay, I said I would love to go to down to Princeton, do an escape room adventure, and then have dinner. There's a restaurant that we found in Princeton that I absolutely love, an Italian place that is fantastic. Um, don't ask me the name because it, it, it escapes me mm -hmm. at the moment, but they make a great great um pasta you like so doing I, the escape room thing i do i no. i have so much fun doing that and, and i've been to, i've been to about three or four of them and my brother you know sometimes a lot of times i bring my brother and my and my sister-in-law and the four of us we just kind of because it, it's great teamwork you know and yeah. and uh ever since they moved back i'm like yeah we so we went to a winery you know i think it was a few weeks ago the giants were playing the a late game on the road um that was fun so i, I i've been trying to get out more and um if like I said, if the shots don't knock the stuffing out of me, that's what I'd like to do. I know my husband wants to watch um, the NASCAR race on Sunday. I think it is. Is it the so last he, one of the year? 
I think close. so. I, I know in November it's usually pretty close to the end of the year. Yeah, I think I think it is. I think it is. You know, he he likes watching the races, and obviously he doesn't watch them during the football season because you know he wants to watch the football game. Of course. But, but uh, you know, so I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deny it. if he wants to do that. That's fine. You know, I, I said to him, just work around. You know, planning a dinner or whatever, whatever time the race is, and work in a meal. Even if we go out to the diner for for uh, for breakfast or something. So yeah. that's what we're, what I'm gonna do, and you know, that's, that's what Saturday night's all about for me. Yeah, I mean, that's, and, that's and, and the other thing, is, kid, I, other I look forward to that every week because I don't have yeah. to worry about my diet on Saturday night. I just go eat whatever I want to. So I mean, I I'll, I'll have. Saturday, I think, um, you know, assuming that I feel actually tomorrow, I'm going to do double shifts. So I'm going to get all my writing done and just release the stuff as it comes off. And we'll see what, you know, on the podcast, I haven't even planned for podcasts next week. I have an idea what I'm going to do, but, but uh, yeah, it's going to be weird without football, but you know what? I look forward to the break because it allows you to recharge and think about stuff mm -hmm. and um just really, you know, it's funny. I, I have a notebook I keep and I just jot down ideas for stories and analysis and stuff like that. And I got some dynamite stuff coming out on Giants Country, by the way. Some stuff that some of the writers contributed and stuff that I'm working on. So please, guys, check it out. You know, in addition to this channel, obviously, check out Giants Country. And speaking of um, this channel, I know next week I'm going to have, um, I think I'm going to have another interview. I won't say who, but I believe it's going to be a former player. I know you guys like when I have the former players on. Of course. Yeah. Um, we'll probably do Twitter Tuesday. Uh, I'm trying to get Coach Gene on. We haven't had Coach Gene Clemens on in a while. so And then we'll, then we'll be back because we'll have a game to talk about next week. Yes, you will. And, and, and dog, dog won't be bouncing off, off the walls because he knows football will be back. Football will be back. Football <laughs> going. I mean, I, I'm listen, I'm looking forward to the, the big college game on Saturday, Georgia-Tennessee. That's oh yeah, that's, that's a good a one. Really good game. Oh, yeah. And then there's LSU Alabama. There's a couple of really good SEC games. I'm a huge college football fan. So is Tennessee um, still undefeated? Yes, they're both undefeated. Oh, Tennessee's yeah. number two team in the league, or number two team in Georgia's. That's a big one. game. So, just Saturday morning, same thing. I'll wake up a little later, I'll go to the gym. I got to do some lawn work. And then I'm just about three o'clock. I'm going to just sit in front of the television, watch that game, then we'll go out to dinner. That's kind of the plan on Saturday. And if I sit and watch the race with my husband, what I'll probably do is I'll sit there with my iPad and I'll draw. That's what I've been <laughs> doing lately. That's how I unwind at night. You know, it's like after a while, it's like I'm tired of working with words. So I start drawing on my iPad. So getting better at it, actually. So, all right, let's get back to some football talk here because I'm sure people are like, who cares what you're going to do? Gabe wants to know if Columbo and Judge actually got into a physical fight. You know, I never got the full story on that. I heard different things about it, Gabe. Um, I know the argument got heated. I don't know if it came to blows, though. I would think if it did, maybe there might have been, I don't know, some some additional and security involvement, but I do know it was a heated argument. Um, that's, that's, a, that's about, you know, all I can tell you on that based on what I know. So um, it's unfortunate. It was really unfortunate, but uh, that, that it didn't work, but um, I think it could have been handled differently. But like I said, you had two alpha males going at it and it's never a good thing when you have two alpha males and they, they, they vary in opinion, you know? Mm -hmm. So Joe Judge wasn't a, wasn't a fair to all in that one. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, I, I'll i tell you what. When Columbo was here, he was very honest and, and 
he told it the way it was. And I, I like that about him. I think a lot of the media liked that about him. Rob Sale was the same way. And I think after a while, the, the openness that these guys had. I'll tell you the, what, Rob Sale, yeah. especially during the end, you knew he was leaving because he pulled oh. no punches. Yeah, I know. He I he know. literally called like Matt Parrott a baby. Like he 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 held nothing back at the end. I, I know. As soon as I heard him saying some of the things he said, I'm like, well, he's gone. Big Poppy? They called Big Poppy a baby? Yeah. He called Matt Parrott. He called he didn't Right, that's he Big Poppy. Use those, he didn't use those exact words. He inferred yeah, I remember he inferred it. He strongly inferred it. They, they, they like they were asking him why Matt Parrott hasn't played. He's like, he's not you know, he's not he's not tough enough. Right. Which which is something we had said. Uh, I know David Turner had said that on, on my show, he called him a cream puff and, and David got slammed for that. And then you had Rob sale saying the same thing, but, but you know what? It's funny. Matt's a great guy. I, I, I had a chance to talk to him last week and his nickname. I said to him, what's your nickname? We were talking about nicknames and he, and he said, he's big poppy. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, okay. I, I, wasn't there a Yankee called big poppy or something? The, uh, like no, it was David oh, Ortiz. The, okay. the enemy, the enemy was big. The en- I'm, okay. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. I should go wash my mouth off. It's so right? it's, it's okay. It's funny. They had a pregame on the world series uh, and Jeter was there sitting next to big poppy. And he said, the first thing you got to do is take this 2004 world series ring off. Cause that was like the darkest day <laughs> in the history of the Yankees was that 2004 season. Um, so yeah, as a New York fan, man, I've seen a lot of good. I I've seen a lot of good. I've, I've seen a lot of bad too. So right. at least we've seen some good. A lot of fan bases have never seen any good. Yes. True. true. All right. So amazing. Speaking of Matt Parrott, my amazing guy wants to know, will he return this season? I don't know. I know he's made progress. I know he's felt, he, he told me he feels better, but when a player tells me, when a player that's coming off injury tells me he feels better, I kind of take that with a grain of salt because they all say, I feel good, you know? And it's like, do you believe, you know, you can only, it's like sometimes they just say it to downplay how they really feel. So I think at some point he will come off pup, but um, I don't know if he'll, if he'll pass the 21 day window. Like we were saying earlier, Joe Shane and Brian Dable have been very, very strategic with what they've been doing. So right now they have answers. I think they have Tyree Phillips. They have Evan Neal. They're going to get back at some point bringing Parrot back. It's like, where are you going to fit him? And you know, yeah. you've got to fit him on the 53 man mm-hmm. roster. And right now there's really no place for him on the 53 man roster. So my guess is he's going to just sit this year out. Yeah. That's just, you know, Do you- I could, is there ever? I I I'm I'm just like thinking because I'm like, yeah, hey, maybe they could. In the back in my head, as you're talking, I'm like maybe we could make something out of Parrot because the he was always a guy that had potential, and now we see what this coaching staff is doing with guys guard. who had potential. But then I'm like, well, he's not going to get on the field because of our two tackles. Is well, it, he should be a guard. I was going to yeah. say, could they move yeah. him to guard in the future? Possibly, maybe he becomes an answer. Well, if that's the case, then then he's definitely not playing this year. No, not this year. Yeah, not this year. yeah. So, I mean, and, and that's a possibility, I th- but you know, I, I thought all along that this might be like a quote unquote red shirt year for him. So, um, but we'll see, obviously. All right. Jordan Samitty asked, do you think the giants will try to move, will try more vertical passes with Daniel in the second half of the season? Uh, if the receivers can get open and the offensive line can protect, sure. Why not? You know, I, and mean, we can hold I, I think they're going to. I mean, I'm not sitting there saying they're going to become the Bills or the Chiefs. Yeah. 
But I do think you're going to see, and again, I don't know what the plan is, but I do feel like they're going to open it up a little bit more when they get their guys healthy. They're more acclimated to the playbook, and I think that they do have to change up a little bit. I think that they do have to start to take some deep shots because teams are really going to start making an effort, like a, a real effort to stop Saquon Barkley and say, listen, you know, like we said, Gino, if you're going to beat us, we tip your cap, you beat us. He did. So you tip your cap, and, and at the same token, I think if you're a defensive team, you know, you're defending the Giants, you have to say we're going to shut down Saquon. And Daniel Jones, if you can beat us with David Sills and Wandale Robinson and Kenny Galli, we tip our cap and say, okay, good job, Daniel. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think they will throw the ball down the field more. Again, it's not like they're going to drop back all the and, time, throw it, but I think you'll see more shots down the field. In the and to Amazing Guy's point about throwing more jump balls to Galladay, that's supposedly his specialty. Mm-hmm. So if Galladay is going to prove his worth, that's where he's going to make his his. He's his, a contested catch receiver. He always has been. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Daniel Jones has to be willing to trust him in that. And, and the thing is, they really haven't worked together a lot because he's been hurt so much. Does Daniel Jones trust him? Hey, I'm going to throw up a 50-50 ball. You go out there and get it. He, he had that with Stafford because he worked with Stafford for years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, you know, Daniel Jones sometimes may err on the side of caution as opposed to aggression in the passing game because he does check it down a lot. Um, yeah. So, you know, Dable obviously has told him to take care of the ball, play within yourself. But I, I do think that's what Galladay's there for. He's not a burner. He's not running by anybody. Mm-hmm. He's a big body receiver that needs to use his size. And the Giants have to utilize the strengths. And that's the thing. I do think that, you know, Kafka and Dable can figure something out and, and work a game plan around Kenny Galladay's strengths. Let's hope Kenny Galladay is healthy. And like Patricia said, he, he had that aha moment after Kadarius Tony got traded. I feel like he did. I feel like his interview was sincere. And I, I do feel like he's like, man, I really want to help this team win. I, I really do. I, so I think so too. Maybe he found it. Maybe that's new motivation for him. And and again, he can be the guy that we quote unquote traded for at the trade deadline because we really haven't had him the whole season. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope so. Going back, just going back to Parrot, uh Parrot had a ACL. So that was the injury. I know it's been a while, but he was injured, I think, in a lot towards the end of the last game of the season, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was. I think it was either the last so game. So that's why he's game. he's been sitting um, you know, I'm pop all this time, you know, it takes time. And like I said, there's also the matter of cap gymnastics and roster gymnastics. Where are you going to put them at this point? You got Tyree Phillips, you got Evan Neal, you know, you, you get, you have no place to put this guy right now. So I think if God forbid somebody gets injured and now maybe you say, okay, let's see where he's at. But you got to remember, sometimes these guys can be ready to go physically and, because of the way the roster is set up, especially now with the salary cap being so bad, um, sometimes these guys have to wait to get on the field. Yeah. You know, so th- that all factors in. I don't think a lot of people realize that, you know, it's, it's not a case where as soon as the guy's ready, boom, he's back on the field, unless, you know, he's a starter. So he's, he's, He's not playing this year. Yeah. But maybe next year. Maybe, I mean, maybe he develop, even if he's not a starter, maybe it develops in the, a, a good depth lineman, but right. that's one thing you look at him, you're like, that was a guy that had a lot of potential coming in. And we've seen what this coaching staff has done with guys who had a lot of potential coming in this year that didn't live up to the, to that. So maybe they can get something out of it. Right. Right. Uh, Tom's world asks, where is Rodarius Williams? He's been designated to return. So his clock is going. Um, he had the knee injury. Um, I, I don't 
know, I don't remember if they said he had a setback or aggravated it, but it it had to do with the ACL that he had. I think, I think theoretically, if they had to go back and do this all over again, he would have started on pup. Maybe I think he rushed back a little bit too soon because there was that opportunity for a starting job. And, you know, he, I guess he wanted it and didn't want to lose out on it. But in retrospect, I, I believe he rushed himself back, um, which is a shame because that kid, you know, I like him, but uh, we'll see if he's in the plans moving forward. Um, Gabe asked about Landon Collins being put on the 53 soon. Um, I think, don't they have one more elevation for Landon? Well, he, he was on the 53. He played. He played against Jacksonville. Yeah, was... yeah but he's a, he was a standard practice squad elevation is what I'm saying. Oh. He, on the 53-man roster, I think is what Gabe is asking. So they have one more, they have one more uh, elevation, I think, for him, right? Yes, yes, and then so, and then somebody could could claim him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gabe, what the what again? This goes down to the salary cap. I think it's cheaper to elevate Landon for another week to save yourself money, you know, and then you can always add him later on because now you're you're reducing the prorated amount you have to sign him for. It's it's a salary cap balancing act here at this point. So that's why, you know, I think Landon hasn't been added to the 53-man roster. You got to look and see um, every player has to earn a certain minimum based on the number of years of service he's had. So Landon is, what, eight years now in the league? Or is it nine? Something like eight or nine. 2015 or so. So about eight. 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 So, yeah. So now you're talking, you know, upwards of of close to a million dollars prorated you've got to divide that by 18 and then do the math you know it, it it involves some math and whatnot but it's a cost thing with landon so look if you can get one more elevation i think the cost now becomes 118th of whatever the standard uh base salary is for a guy with eight years of experience and minus the practice squad fee and that's what you end up paying him for the week so it, it, it's a cap manipulation thing so you guys thought this cap thing was easy, right? There's a lot of little no, tricks and definitely terms. not. Definitely. definitely not. Definitely not the little intricacies that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, there's a lot of little – I'm telling you, I was on the phone today for – if not an hour, over an hour, explaining this to somebody. And I was like I, – I was like sitting there and I'm going, come on, you know, because the person was telling, God, this is complicated. I said, no, it's not. I said, and, and, and he's like, well, you know this stuff. You've been doing this stuff for, for how long? I said, yeah, but anybody can pick it up. I mean, if I picked it up, anybody can, you know, but. Uh, it's just a matter yeah. of putting in the effort and wanting to. You have to put the effort in. And, and you know, I, I learned it back when the cap was, was just coming out. I, I would sit with, I actually sat with a member of the Giants front office, no longer employed now, obviously, but this was years ago. And I just, I asked him questions about the cap and he told me the basics. And then between that and reading up on it. And I, I know I've taken, I took a course with Joel Corey. Um, on on the cap, so it, it's so important because when I write about business decisions, trades, and stuff like that, I can say, okay, the Giants don't have the cap money to do what the fans want them to do, and here's why. Nobody wants to hear it, but you have right. to say why, and 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 that's the best reason I can give you why the Giants will do something or won't do something is using the business aspect of it. So I'm just surprised a lot of people, you know, a lot more reporters don't do that because it really makes a difference, I think. And I, I'm sure I just gave away a, a, a secret. Those of you who want to be football reporters, I just gave you a big secret of mine. 
<laughs> they, they they don't care to do the work because they just want to they just want to drop clickbaity stories. They don't care if they have. Uh, I'm not saying every member in the media, but there's members that just want they want those clicks. They just they don't they don't care to put in the effort to to, to dig deep into stuff like that. Yeah, I I mean you know it it does make a difference because well it gives you it gives you that's more what a GM to have, does to have an opinion. Yeah, and and a lot of times if you follow the trail, you can come up with a, a, an educated decision. Or, or, or an educated guess that turns out to be right. And then you look like a genius because without needing an insider to tell you, you know, to force feed you that, but you know, that's that. So, um, all right. Uh, I know a lot of you guys have been asking about the receiver, Isaiah Hodgkins that they picked up from the bills. I don't know much about him from a scouting perspective. Do you guys know anything about him? I just remember when he was coming out of Oregon, I think it was Oregon state, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Um, I remember doing mock drafts, and I remember I, I did look into him a little bit because he was a guy that I liked in, like, that fifth or sixth round area. I think he went in the sixth, the Buffalo. Mm-hmm. He was tall. He's 6'4". Um, so I remember liking him, but I, I don't know a ton about him. I, I, I don't, you know, I don't think he's got – I don't think he was known for his speed. He was he was known more for his height. Yeah. I I, I, I don't know much about I, him either. kind of similar to, like, a Galladay, if I remember correctly, like a, like a possession receiver. As long as Dable and Shane know about him, that's what's important. Yes. And yeah. you would yeah. think that they would coming from that organization. So. Well, they scouted him, so I'm right. sure that's they know. Saying. Yeah. They yeah, know. I'm sure they know about him for sure. Uh, Jordan, thank you for the kind words. I'm glad you enjoy the program and my content. That means a lot. Um, so thank you for that. And let's see. Uh, I know I saw something. I just went by it. Let me let me go back and find it. Um Here's an interesting question here. Uh, Brandon Swan, it's not, it's not really a question, it's an opinion, but I'll ask you guys. They, they say Gettleman's biggest failure was Joe Judge. And, um, you know, I, I don't, you know, Joe Judge, that decision ultimately fell on on ownership. To sign I think that was on. an ownership decision because I, I don't think that was Gettleman's, you know. Gettleman, Gettleman came out and said that he didn't think they should have fired Shermer. Yeah. He didn't want Shermer fired. He said it. So... Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that was an ownership decision. I don't think that was but, a Gettleman decision. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to go back and rehash with, with, with Gettleman and decision and decision. I mean, to me, the biggest the biggest failure was the salary cap mess that he left for, for Joe Shane. Yeah, that that to me is is just yeah. He did everything he said he wasn't going to do, and it resulted in the salary cap mess. So when we're talking big failures, you know, you can talk about the Andre Baker. You can talk about, you know, the Nate Solder contract, whatever you want. I think the salary cap mess is the biggest – because it he basically left the team in worse shape than it was. I mean, there are some building pieces, but really this is kind of a throwaway year if you think about it. Yeah. So yeah. that would be yeah, – how, how he left it worse than when he took it over is beyond me. <laughs> It was really which, bad. His last was, year was the disaster. That that was, was the biggest. That was the everybody thought it was the first year. It was the last year that was really last bad. Year. He didn't even address the offensive line once. Yeah, got rid of Zeitler and didn't do anything to to fix the offensive line. He said yeah. what he was going to do. It's the first thing he said he was doing fixing the offensive line. Pick yeah. took one guy at six first round picks. Took one first round lineman. That guy's pretty good. His name's Andrew Thomas. Kind of wish he would have followed through on his vision. Who knows where yeah. he would have been. Well, I mean, he Andrew Thomas he picked up. You can make the argument now with Saquon, right? Can make I was just talking about linemen in general. Yeah, linemen, absolutely. He I missed mean, on Hernandez. That was a bad miss. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I, you know, Hernandez looks so good as a rookie and I don't know if they just changed what he was doing. And although I, I wonder, you know, sometimes these guys put on so much muscle that they just get so bulky and they're not plotting. as flexible. It's, it's yeah. Different. I mean, I, I would think, and I wonder, you know, with Aziz Ojolari, if maybe that's why he's having the calf issues. I mean, dog, you walk, you work out. I mean, yeah. can adding so much muscle do that to your, to your, it, de- it definitely can. I mean, you need a certain, your body needs a certain amount of fat for me. It's, it's more so, uh, obviously if you have tighter muscles they're, they're going to tighten up and you can easily pull them a, a lot easier. But for me, when I look at these NFL players, cause they're not human beings, they're huge people. Huge but people. when you add all that muscle, because it's so much more dense, you put a lot more pressure on your tendons, which is why I think there's so many ACL tears nowadays, because these guys are so strong and they're, they're putting so much pressure on the tendon. And no matter how much you work out, no matter how strong your muscles get, your tendons, always get weaker as you get older they dry out and they get weaker so when you're putting more and more pressure more weight on a tendon it's easy for it to so i think that's why you didn't see all these torn acls in the 80s and 90s the way you do now because these guys are just jacked they're they're like they're bodybuilders on an nfl it's they're like i said going to training camp for all those years in albany these guys look small on the field but then they get next to you they're gigantic because it's Mm -hmm. all you know um, I forgot the word I'm looking for, but you know, they're going to look small next to a guy that's six, seven, three fifty. a guy that's six, one, 200 pounds jacked out of his skull looks tiny next to a guy like Dexter Lawrence. Yeah. It gives you an appreciation for how big these guys are. But I, I think it's more of a tenant thing, but yeah, obviously when you strain a calf that, that hurts, they don't sound like a lot, like turf yeah. doesn't sound like a lot, but that's, you know, oh. ligaments and ligaments take a long time to heal. Oh, that's a baby injury. No, that hurts because I've had that. You go to shake someone's hand with tennis elbow, it's like someone's stabbing in the elbow with a knife. You you mm-hmm. mess with your tendons or um, those hurt. And they, they yeah. take a long time to heal, especially because these guys really don't ever just rest. Like they're always right. doing something. So, um, but yeah, adding a lot of muscle can hurt a player's flexibility. It, it, it can do a lot of other things. It gives them strength, but strength isn't the end all be all. Uh, yes, technique. So, technique. Right, technique has a lot to do with it. And, and as a as a FYI, folks, next Thursday I'm interviewing an injury and expert, um, a guy who who's in who's I guess he's well known in, in, in physical rehab and and all that stuff, physical therapy. Um, I've had this interview set up for a while now, so he's going to come on the show. We're going to talk about the soft tissue injuries and some of these ACLs, um, the the quads, the, the hamstrings, the calves. So that's that's a show I'm going to take next Thursday. It'll be a bonus show I'll probably run because, uh, you know, maybe I'll run that Friday and then we'll have a, a, the, the live show on Friday. We, we got to work the schedule out, uh, the three of us, but we'll, we'll obviously try and do another live show next week. But I just wanted to give you a heads up because that is definitely on the show uh, or on the docket next week, as long uh, as as part of my five shows that I'm that I do every day. So, all right, uh, a few five shows questions. you do every day. I do five. Sh- I do. I'm sorry. I do five shows a week. I was going to say. Oh, I was, yeah. yeah. I don't, I, five. Sh- I do five <laughs> articles a day. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm doing a lot of stuff. I know I'm you. Are. you. I know you. I, I'm telling you. Everybody who says, "Oh, I wish I had your job," I'm like, "No, you don't. You don't. You wouldn't have a mm-hmm. life." Yeah. It's so tough. I mean, especially during football season, obviously. Oh, I don't go out of the house. I mean, I don't even go to get the mail during like free mm-hmm. agency because God forbid I step outside to go and get the mail and something breaks and 
I'll come back and I'll be like, dang, damn it. I just sat down to, to you know, and, and it's funny. Or bring your phone to the mailbox. If you well, I do, but you know, the oh, funny I... thing, but it's funny because it's like that you, sometimes you get a heads up that something's coming, like an agent will tip you off and say, Hey, you might want to hang around, you know, don't go out to dinner or anything like that. And I find during free agency, at least this past year, like if something happened, it was always around dinner time. And I was like, okay, if we're going to do this around dinner time. I'm just going to eat dinner earlier. Yeah. And I started doing that. I started eating like a senior citizen four o'clock <laughs> to be done with dinner by five, because I knew the news dump was coming at five thirty, six o'clock, which is when I normally have dinner. So, so yeah, it, it, but uh, Hey, listen, it's the business. That's I've been doing it for this long. I'm, I'll do it until I can't do it anymore till people decide they don't, they get that they're tired of me. So, uh, all right. I had one question up here from Freddie 72. How many whiteouts the giants have will be here past 2023. I think you mean past this year because, uh, one, uh, yeah. Wondell Robinson. Wondell. Yeah. Maybe two, maybe Slayton, but I doubt it. I think it's one. Yeah. I, I I'm with you on that. They're, they're going to redo that position. Yeah. Yeah. They they've got to, they've got to do, redo that position. They've got to add, I think, to the tight end group. So those are the two two priorities, I think, for the offseason, amongst many uh, on offense. So, uh, so yeah. Um, all right, let's see. What else do we have here? I'm just kind of looking through this. Is it? Oh, here's one here. JC asks, is it hard for beat writers to develop relationships in the franchise? And was it difficult when you were young and new in the field? The second part of your question, JC, yes, because you're new and just like any, but any relationship, you got to build up trust. You got to build up, you know, a rapport, you know, like if, if I met you in person, I don't know you, you know, I might know you from, from our interactions online, but I would, I would need to, you know, what do you like? What's, what are your hot buttons and stuff yeah. like that? It's the same thing with any relationship. Um, is it hard to develop relationships in the locker room and stuff? If you keep it professional, no. If you're respectful and you have manners, I don't think it is, you know, like I'll always go up to a guy and I'll say, Hey, so-and-so do you have a moment? And if, if he says no, okay, great. Um, you know, sorry, I bothered you. And then a lot of times they're like, okay, no big deal. Or if they say, yes, I do. I say, okay, great. I'm Patty. I, I always, even though they might know who I am, I, I always say I'm Patty and tell them who I'm with. And, um, I tell them what I want to talk about. And then I turn the tape recorder on and I make it clear when I'm taping them, because a lot of times, and this is a mistake a lot of reporters, I think, especially young reporters make, and I don't have one of my tape recorders handy, so I'm going to use my stapler. But a lot of times reporters will go, they will stick it right in your face. And it's like, it's like, we call it stabbing. And I know this because I took a course in interviewing when I was in college. So they call this stabbing when you shove your recorder right in the person's face. And it could be intimidating and it could set them off. So there's a degree of psychology involved with interviewing players. I know a lot of you don't realize that, but you want to have a conversation. You want to build up trust and you want to show above all that you're not there to screw them, so to speak. And, right. and, and I think once you do that and they start to learn, the beauty of it is this word gets around the locker room, who's good and who's the troublemakers are. So right. little insight there. <laughs> See, yeah, I remember you, you telling me about the stand. You, you come for the football stuff, you get the you get the inside scoop, right? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, it, it it's like any business. I mean, some people you're gonna get get with, and and uh, you know, 
It is what it is. All right. Yeah. NYJ is 26. Started a podcast. Excited to get it going. First episode dropping th- Tuesday. Yeah, All he right. Told, he, told, he added me and Bad Dog on. Uh, he's, been, he's been with us uh, for a very long time. Yes, so I'm yes. excited for him. He's been saying right, he awesome. to start his own podcast and he did it. Okay, cool. Let me know what you, drop a comment in, in the drop a comment for me. Um, and if I have time, I'll, I'll check it out, you know, at some point next week. So, uh, and good luck to you on that. That's the way to do it. If you want to become a content creator, just, you got to stick with it. And, you know, it's like, I tell Tommy, I know, I, I think Chris, you had Tommy on your show, if I'm not mistaken. No, he, we keep, he's going to be on very soon, but we keep okay. not being able to get on the same schedule. The, yeah. And I see some, Brandon said, Tana, no, I did not upload a video while this was live. I uploaded the video at like 530. I wouldn't do yeah. that. Um, but no, I, um, yeah, yeah, I'm going to have Tommy on soon. He, he, I, I, t- I talked to him a few times, just our schedules haven't ma- matched up. Yeah, I, so, I mean, I tell Tommy all the time, I said, just be yourself and just, you have know. Fun. Have fun. Have fun, exactly. exactly. That's the most important thing, is have fun. You know, it, it, it took me a while to build up the channel, and I, I, st- yeah. I still don't have, I have like half of half of the uh, subscribers to this channel that, you know, some of the, the more popular podcasts like the Saints and the Broncos have. So yeah. it'll build still, up. It'll I know. I mean, it, it takes, it takes patience is what I'm it does. At. It takes patience. It takes a lot of work. It takes consistency sure. and, it, and it does, you know, it just, that's what it is. Like I said, you have to have fun uh, unless it's your full-time job, which some people are fortunate enough to do this full-time. Um, you know, if you don't have to do it full-time to survive, if you don't enjoy it, you're not going to do it. I always equate that to going to the gym. I always tell people, you know, you want to lose weight, mm-hmm. you want to get in shape. That's fine, but if you don't enjoy going to the gym and you look at this work, you're not going to go. So if you don't like lifting weights, find something you like to do and you're going to do it. If you if you like doing it, you're going to do mm-hmm. it. But if you get discouraged or you you know you don't like it, it it's not going to work. So yeah, it's be like consistent. Anything. Find something you enjoy doing. If it is the Giants, you know, find your own. Be your the best thing yeah. is tell you is be yourself. Exactly. You're, not gonna, you're never going to please everybody. So right. I mean, everybody. I get people. Just be yourself. I get people who complain on, on on my Apple iTunes. They don't like my voice. They wish I were more of a fan. Um, some people complain because I run too many commercials, which I have to do. You know, because I'm part of a network, I have to run the commercials because they're right. the ones who pay for this. You know. Yeah. So, you know. You're never going to please everybody, but so just be you yourself. Know. It's the best Ex- thing you exactly, can do. Exactly. Exactly. So, but those of you who do subscribe, like the channel and, and follow me and, and all that, I appreciate you. And uh, I, I see some people popping in saying hello. Um, hello to everybody. Hi, Marjorie. I, I see you. Davey anonymous. I see you. Uh, R zero B who says, Hey, Patty, Chris and bad dog. What's up, Rob? What's up? Yep. So I mean, and I know some of the, some of these folks that are on here, um, they're they're from your channel. So I appreciate those of you who are from Tana and, and Dog's channel checking us out. Um, means a lot to me. It really does. Um, Gabe asks, "What's it like in press conferences with KT?" Some of the reports have called it interesting. Some have said he was a jerk. You know what? I find him um, very intelligent. And I actually find him refreshingly honest. And I think I know what you're talking about. You're probably talking about the time when when people were asking him questions and he said, hold up, let's wind it back, stop, shut off the cameras and start all over again. I think that's what you're talking about. Gabe, you know, the thing is, here's the thing. I think sometimes there are questions that are asked that you kind of know the answer to. 
And that maybe frustrates Kayvon a little bit. But that said, Kayvon's got to understand that sometimes those questions do need to be asked. Like when I was a young reporter, I'll tell you guys a fun story. Um, this is going back to, to 2007, the Super Bowl year. There were all, you know, during the playoffs, you see reporters and TV stations coming in that you never seen before because it just becomes a madhouse. And I used to get frustrated with some of the TV people that came in because they would ask stupid, in my opinion, stupid questions to which, you know, like, for example, what would a win in the Super Bowl mean? Well, duh. Right. You know, we all know what the answer would be. And I, I remember talking to one of the senior writers about that, a regular giant beat writer. And I said, what is with these idiots? Why are they asking such stupid, obvious questions? Well, TV reporters need sound bites. That's, so, it. that's yeah, what it is. So that, that's what it boils down. And I, and I learned that, you know, and I said, ah, so I had more patience for them. What I didn't have patience for, and it continued, is when they would come in and some of the reporters wouldn't, wouldn't have done their homework. So I remember one time they, 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 there was a player that was injured, an offensive player, uh, and, and, and this woman came up and said, so, you know, how's your injury? And, and he said, oh, I'll be good for Sunday. And she, and she goes, oh, that's so good because they'll really miss you on defense. And I was like, I just slapped my forehead. I'm like, Toots, he plays offense. At least do your homework. You know, yeah, that was bad. So th th there are little things like that that irk me. But see, Kayvon, just going back to the Kayvon thing, you know, I, I, I think and maybe he does understand it. I don't know. But sometimes the TV reporters do need to ask the obvious questions, which they know the answers to because they need the soundbite. I can get away with that because I write. But. If you need the soundbite for your audience, it's you know you just need it. So that's uh, you know. But Kayvon, I I have no problem with the guy. I think if you, <coughs> excuse me, if you come, and and the other thing, I think is, don't ask a question because you feel you have to ask a question every time. That's that's the philosophy I operate on. If you listen to the pressers, you probably don't hear me every day, because. I only try to ask something if I really, if I say, okay, I got to know this answer. If it's something that I know I can answer, I, I generally don't ask it. So yeah. that's my philosophy on that. So uh, let's see, we'll take a few more and then I think you guys got to go for your show, right? No, I, I, I'm not good, good. I'm tired. I'm not, I did, we'll maybe do it tomorrow, baby. Dog. Saturday. Or sh Saturday? Saturday. Okay, well, I won't keep you too much long. We'll just take a few more and yeah. then and then we'll call it call it because we've been going to, for a little over two hours now. Hello to Ramon from uh, uh, Ty. I guess it was. Ty, I think he uh, meant Ty. to say Tana, and he missed. Oh, Tana. Oh, I'm okay. guessing because you wrote bad dog after. Oh, he's from he, he's from the Dominican Republic. So, yeah. all right. Well, hello, uh, welcome on board. Um, let's see. JC wants to know about Haking Nicks. He had a knee injury, I think. That's why he was never. Yeah, seen. I, yeah, it was a knee injury. Yeah. He always had injury problems. He was yeah. so good. Oh, he was Yeah, mean. he was definitely. Um, oh, okay. Barry Nat Nanalal, uh, just joining the stream after my son's football practice. What positions do y'all think is most important in the off season based on the current roster? Receiver, mm -hmm. number one. Receiver. Cornerback, close uh, maybe one A. Linebacker, uh, interior offensive line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those four. I mean I mean, do you agree with that order? Yeah. Receiver number one. Receiver's definitely one. Yep. And then after that, I think it's a debate. It could be 
center, Interior guard, it could or, be yeah. corner, it could be coverage linebacker, but I think wide receiver is far and away number one right now. Yeah, definitely. You're going to have to redo all that stuff. So um, they're going to have to redo that position. All right, let's see if there's anything else we're missing. And if not, I'll let you guys go because I know Chris is dragging. Now, so. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, I, I, I don't think I could do another three. We were, yeah, we wouldn't be able to go to a quarter after twelve. Yeah, I just, oh, it's been a long uh, week for me too. I mean, yeah, it, 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 we're, we're, Chris we're, knows. I don't know what time Chris gets up. I, I know five thirty in the morning comes early though, especially yeah. when I'm up to like one. I was up at six this morning, which is early for me. Yeah, I usually don't get up late. Lakers go to like one fifteen in the morning. They played overtime last night, so I, it was like one thirty. So I got like four hours of sleep and. It, <laughs> Sometimes it wears on you at the end of the week, mm. but I'm always game for whatever. So I, I, I'm used to it. Right. All right. Gabe asks, what was Tony like? Um, I never had a problem with him again. You know, I don't, this is my, and maybe this makes me a lousy reporter. I don't know, but I don't ask a question unless I have something burning. I have to ask, like if I know the answer or if I know the player, you're not trying to get a sound clip. Right. I don't look for the sound clip. So for, for reporters you know, that were, they love Tony. You know, like 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 for example, when I, the last question I remember asking Tony was back in the summer. I said to him, What did it mean to you that, that Dable played your music? And, and you know, I, I was trying to I was on the, the 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 line of building that relationship. And he gave me some good answers. So, you know, just little things like that. So um yeah, I Tony, just I just don't think Tony was meant to play in New York. I don't. I don't, know. I, I, I don't he was think a little he, too thin-skinned. That, yeah. and yeah. I also don't think he real. I I understand the media is at times, and I'm not trying to knock you, but at times I understand people say the media is ridiculous with some of the things that they do and yada yada yada. But there's also a way to conduct yourself as a player, especially in New York, to shield yourself from some of that. Look and at how Darius Slayton is, is conducting himself. Yeah, look at the way Slayton, and and it's almost like Tony, Tony in, encouraged like. The media to go after him, right? And he he wanted to be combative. He wanted to be, and combative. he still did, and and he and he did it on social media. Yeah, yeah. It's just not yeah, a good it's idea. another thing to go at the fans. Like that was just Th that. You're, that not, was, that you're was... never going to win battling the fans. No, no, you're yeah. going to lose that PR battle all the time. You know what? He's going to learn. He's what? Twenty three years old, yeah. twenty two, yeah. something like that. You know, no, no offense to anybody in that age bracket, but sometimes you think you have all the answers when you're in your early twenties and you really don't. Yeah. I thought that, and that goes, you know, I knew nothing. I, yeah. I mean, we could go, if we could all go back and tell our 22 year old selves something, you know, a piece oh, of advice. I'm I sure. always say if I, if I met my 19 year old self, I'd beat the hell out of myself. <laughs> 46 year old me would beat the hell out of 19 year old me. Cause oh I did. I thought I knew I had the world licked. Oh, I figured this whole, I figured out life. Yeah. No, I always, <laughs> I always say to my husband, if I had the knowledge I have now, when I was in my twenties, I would have, I, I would have set the world on fire. Absolutely, <laughs> you know. Knowledge, and there, there is no substitute for life experience. Exactly, really exactly. All right, Papa Guzzo wants us to predict the Giants' final record. Eleven and six uh, is his. I could see this team, may, this team maybe going to ten wins. Originally, I had them at eight and nine. I can, I think they might be able to go win ten games. Yeah, you guys I, agree. I, I originally had them at seven, and I got them at. 10 i could see nine but i got him at 10 i got him at 10 and 7 right now 10 and 7 yeah. i yeah. also originally had him at 7 um but i could see 10 i could see a win against the texans uh, although i'm watching damian pierce he's pretty good and we've struggled on run defense so better figure that out but i could see us beating the texans at home 
beating the Lions at home and then beating Washington uh, maybe twice or beating Washington and um, the Colts with a backup quarterback. The Colts, yeah. right, with, with Ellinger playing. So, yeah, I could see nine or ten. I, I definitely don't think that's out of the question. I think we can win ten games. Yeah, and and the question is, is, and, and is maybe maybe enough? Philadelphia does. Maybe Philadelphia is fifteen and one in that last game. They're not playing for being undefeated, and and they don't want any injuries. They're the number right. one seed in the NFC, and they they don't want to get hurt. Maybe Jalen Hurts and Sanders and AJ Brown only play a quarter, and right. then the backups are in there, and we do end up winning that game. Um, yeah, I don't know. It'll depend. Yeah. Again, I mean, they don't need any added motivation to beat us, but at the same time, what would happen if they were trying to beat us and they do, but they lose Jalen Hurts because he oh, pulls a hamstring yeah. or something. Yeah, um, exactly. The, the coaching staff would have a, have a lot to answer to. So, you know, that that's a game that could be uh, a, I don't want to say a gimme because there's no gimmies. You just look at Washington, the one year in 2016, they we had nothing to play for. They had everything to play for and they could not score. So, yeah. Um, there are no gimmies, but that is definitely a possibility where they're playing their second, third string guys and resting their starters, and, and we can get a win there. So, yeah. The first time we won in Philadelphia since Matt Barkley was a quarterback. So, uh, I don't yeah. care how we get one. And that, and, and I'll tell you, the last game of the season, I think that one's in Philly. It is. That, that's that been a house of horrors for them. No, we can't win there. I yeah. don't know what it is. I, I, I really don't. I mean, I can't remember the last time they won. So in when Matt Barkley was their quarterback, and I think we won like fifteen to seven. It was really ugly. It was I know. It's just a long time ago. We should have beat him there when the. the they Jones- dropped the ball. We had that. Yeah, the Jones game where he tripped. We should have won that game. Oh yeah. gosh, I remember. Well, that's that's the one where Evan dropped the. Yeah, yeah the Evan Ingram dropped the ball, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, fingers crossed. This is a new era. Daniel Jones plays pretty well against the NFC East. Yeah, I mean, I'm not watching the game, Darius. I disagree with that statement. I know they're undefeated. They're tied with Houston right now at halftime. Yeah, Houston's run the ball all over them in the the first half. And the Eagles don't get me wrong. The Eagles are really good, but I don't think the Eagles are like this. Oh, they got an easy. They also don't have Brandon Cooks. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, the Eagles to me look at like you said they haven't played anybody. The Vikings yeah. they played. That was it. And yeah. That was like the first week of the year. Dallas. So, they played Dallas. They did play Dallas. They did yeah, play but Dallas. Yeah, but that with Dallas without Zach, without that, yeah, no. They they beat us without that yeah. too. The Eagles are good. They're better than us. I yes. just don't oh, think yeah. they're like I don't think they're like of the class they're of They're not like, Patriot. They're not, they're not the Bills. Patriots. They're not this year's Bills. Oh, would team. you say the Eagles are better than the 49ers? Yes. No, I don't think so. No. I think the 49ers at full strength are better than the Eagles. Okay. Even though the record uh, I, doesn't say it. I can't. I, I think the Eagles are the best team in the NFC. I think I they have a great playoffs. secondary. They have a they have a great running back. They have, they have a better Niners, roster than the Giants. If the Niners right now, play the Eagles and they're healthy. Their wide receiver core is one of the best in the league. Dallas Goddard's a great tight end. Um, I don't know. San Francisco and Philadelphia would be a good game. I, I think, think that I could see the championship coming down between those be. two. I think the Niners are the best team in the NFC. But I'm very high in the Niners. I picked them to go to the Super Bowl before the year started. So I'm higher than most. Mm, Definitely. All right. It looks like we have all the questions answered. So we will call it a night. Guys, always, always a lot of fun. I think we covered a lot of ground. We always come up with these also these little interesting turns and stuff, I think, throughout the show. It happens in your life. I do it all the time. I start talking about one thing and I veer off into horror movies and wrestling. And <laughs> we get back on track and we start talking about food. It's, yeah, I don't know. 
Well, you know, that's it, it shows we're human. You we know, a lot human. of people, a lot of people say to me, oh, stick to football. I have other interests beside football. Right. Yeah. You know, football is my profession. Like, yes, like Kiss. We know you're a classic rock fan. Well, especially you know? on a bye on a bye week. You know, you can't. Yes, just yes. Oh, I got to show yeah. you what I got. I I took this off of my display. I don't know if you guys could see this. Nice, nice. There it? it is. Little yes. guitar side by side nice. there. Very nice. So yeah, I got a display right right off to the side here of my uh, my uh, setup. You can't see it, but um, actually. Uh, Ultimately, I'm going to replace this backdrop. I've got some new stuff that I'm going to put up. I've got a Giants country sign. I got a locked on Giants sign I'm going to put up. So I'm really excited about that. I just got to get my husband to, to work on that. And he said he would do it this weekend. So hopefully yeah. by next week, I have a new backdrop. Because um, this, this curtain, it's funny. We bought it as a green screen so that I could put different backdrops up. But I can't with my laptop. My laptop oh. won't do it. So so we're just going to redo it. Oh, but the no, kiss you- stuff stays over here. I know you. Man, they're getting it hurts a lot tonight. There's, you, you, you should be able to change your background. Not with my no. See, I have an old laptop, so no, no, no. The, we're gonna do. I'm gonna show you right now how to do it. I'm I gonna know show you to, right now how to do it. I think you can okay. do it. So here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna go into settings yeah. on the stream on the streamyard. Yeah. You're gonna go to virtual background. Uh huh. Okay. And then change now, it. Now, now you see the virtual backgrounds. Just upload any picture to it right now. All and right. That, so if I click on that, you got to m- upload a picture. All right, I have some pictures uploaded. There it goes. Oh, oh it, it worked. Work. Yeah, that's how you Holy do it. Crap. Okay, I did not know that. So now you have a green screen. Okay. Yeah, I do have a green screen behind me. That that's the whole reason why we got it. So. So now but you can have like a, a giant's background like I do. But I right. wait. Hold on. I'll show you real quick because I got it here. Man, they are they're they got like four sacks tonight. I'm I had this thing cut I had really? this custom made. So I've got this same guy made it for me. It does wonderful woodwork, by That's the way. It's awesome. So I've got this and then I've got this. Nice. You can see it or not. There you go. So this is yeah. our logo. So we got this, and then I've got uh, a flag from my father's coffin that I'm gonna put back up there. And I've got a giant's banner because they said, you know, I just wanna kind of, you know. Jazz it up a little bit, but I love this woodwork stuff. This guy did a fantastic job with it. That's yeah, really cool. So, anyway, um, folks, thank you. I know, I know, some people are like, I didn't come here for this. I came for football. <laughs> so, that's going to do it for us on today's Locked On Giants Live. We appreciate you coming. Um, we will be back next week. Next week, also on the Locked On Giants podcast, Twitter Tuesday, the crossover show on Thursday returns. The injury expert. I'll have more on that. That will be coming up. So five shows coming up, maybe six. I might do six because that's what I do. You guys like mm-hmm. them? I'll keep doing them. So uh, we'll get interviews and yeah. <laughs> and we're right back. We're right back in the in the thick of things. So thank you for for coming, everybody. Check out GiantsCountry.com, which is all my written work. I've got a salary cap issue, contract issue, uh, contract story up there. And uh, at some point, like I said, I'm going to try and do something to explain the salary cap a little bit better. Just how deep you want me to go because it, it can get real deep. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, it, there, there's a lot of little intricacies. So you know, we'll see. I'll, I'll see if I can figure out a way to do it so it doesn't, you know, send your set your hair on fire, so to speak. So, <laughs> all right, no hair left, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes it sets my hair on fire, and I can't hey. afford that, you know, especially <laughs> after I grew it back after being sick. So, yeah. all right, folks, thanks so much. We'll see you next week, Tana Dog. Have a great weekend. 
but you too. Care, guys. Enjoy enjoy your weekend.